visit Arcade Club, Europe's largest classic arcade, with over 200 video and pinball machines, there's classic consoles and computers, there is also PS4s, Xbox Ones, Wii U, PC and Oculus Rift, and regular tournaments and competitions. All machines are set to free play. Open Fridays, Saturdays and Sundays. Check out arcadeclub.co.uk for more details. Tenpence Arcade are proud members of the Throwback Network and the Retro Junkies Network. Hello and welcome, this is the Tenpence Arcade Podcast with me, Victor Marland, and him... Sean in your face, Holly. We discuss old arcade games which you loved back in the day. We choose a game to review and play during the fortnight between podcasts. And we encourage our listeners to play along with us. Emulation or original hardware, we don't mind, as long as you join in. And don't beat me. Uh, oh, well. Mm, they're doing that quite a bit, though, unfortunately. Uh, a little bit. Harumph! Oh, that was a big harumph. Oh, yes, and it gets one of these. <laughs> So, let's start as we mean to go on. What have you been doing since the last time I talked to you, old son? Oh, I've had an excellent two weeks as ever. I've been to the Batcave. Yeah, actually, I've been to the Batcave. Batcave! And it was a wrestling special, so I was... Oh, did you grapple with other people? No, video wrestling, not actually No, no actual grappling. I was a bit out of my league. I don't know wrestling moves or anything like that on the games. But it's a very good night. Mm-hmm. And earlier on in the day, I went to the bat, uh, not the bat cave. I've just said that. I went You've to arcade club. Cave. Yeah, I met. Guess who I met at arcade club while wandering around the aisles of cabs? Pac-Man. No. Yeah. Well, maybe. But guess who? who? Whom? Mister Jim Bagley. Oh, Mister Little Jim Bagley. And I got a quick chat with him yeah. while he trying to get him, trying to drag him off a scramble. And yes. Here is a little chat with him here. Hello, here we are in Arcade Club and here's Mr Jim Bagley. Hello. How are you, sir? All right? Yeah, good, thanks. Bit of an impromptu interview, just come across you. Um, so you love the arcade games then? Yeah, as yeah. always. Yeah. yeah. So tell me a bit about your background in the arcades. Did um, you grow up around one? Or? Yeah, there was one in New Brighton, where, uh, near where I live. Um, used to always go there every weekend. Place. And into this place at Arcade Club, which brings back all the memories and all the arcade games, get all the, the sounds, everything. It's all. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome, isn't it? So, what's your favourite games here at the moment? Um, it could be Mr. Do. Yeah. Point Blank. Um, Scramble. game. Say again, sorry. An Amstrad CPC game. Really? Yeah. Um, it's 
Jr. Yeah, yeah. excellent. Yeah, a guy called Stephen Day did the artwork, so I'm going to get around to finishing that off once I've, once I've done uh, Bomb Jack. So you're going to commercially release that? Um, well, I can't commercially release it, obviously. No, just sort of like a But I'll, I'll, I'll be releasing the, the ROM. Right, right. So people can, so other people can play it. There's no, no point in making it just for yourself. Mm. Um, and hopefully, well, because people can buy like a flashcard that you can put ones on to, to be able to play it, so I don't yeah. mind doing that way. Um, there's people have been asking about the, um, the screen covers, so I don't know if I'd be able to do that, whether, you know, whether going to copyright, yeah, but I don't want to be selling anything, mm-hmm. so it'd just be down to whether I can have a pattern that's available that people can download and get one manufactured or what, I don't, I don't know, I'll have to, I've sent an email off to um, to the company that owns Tecmo, yeah. so hopefully when I hear back from them I'll ask them if I'll be able to release it as a full product, Yeah. Um, like I did with Dragon Slayer, because I've got yeah. permission for the people off that, because it's such a, a niche, like, I mean I'm not doing it for the money obviously because it's a niche yeah. market anyway, it's just for, you know, for other people to enjoy mm. and like I say the numbers of the sales that will be from it are that minimum anyway I mean mm. I'd, I'd be selling it at cost so right. just to just to cover everything and, so what have you got going on in your mobile games business at the moment? Is there anything you're um, releasing there? Uh, released a game called Apple Bob a little, little while ago. I'm thinking of doing that for the Android. Yeah. I've done it on iOS and Windows phone. I need to do it on Android. Is that uh, kind of a puzzle game, is it? It's a platformer. Platformer? Retro. It's got loads of um, nods to the classics, like um, Rainbow Island, Pang. It's yeah. New Zealand story. That, them just type of things. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. platformers. And, but, but it was fun to play, like, by Maria now. Although, it's... John, John, John Studley just, John got, a Studley just got a world record. On track and field, that's yeah. what you can hear the... <laughs> in the background. Um, Quite a few star players here today. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was... That on the an- Android, um, I'm actually with Workwise. I'm doing um, an app called Free Time, which is a virtual reality um, social app where you yeah. talk to people around the world in VR. Right. Yeah. But what's that for Oculus? Or it's for Gear VR. It's for which is the Samsung headset yeah. that comes with the phone. Um, there's one for cardboard, which is the one. That Cardboard or the Google thing and all the other remakes that are the same where you put a headset onto your phone. Um, It'll be out for the PlayStation VR, it'll be out for the Oculus Rift, it'll be out for the um, the Vive, you know, Steam's HTC Vive. Um, And there's also a a mono version which is called the Magic Window, which is like use the phone, you can move it around like that so you can see, you can look around. Um, in the virtual reality, even though it's just, on, no, it's not on your on your head, but you can see like a, a one window into the right. virtual virtual world. Ah, oh, excellent. So just to finish off, Jim, you're surrounded by all these excellent arcade games. What would you say is your favourite arcade game of all time? Scramble. Scramble. Yeah, there's a good reason for that as well. We had um, there's a, a spa 
shop that was close to us, and they had like in the at the back of the shop they had like a played out bit with an arcade, which was a sit down version of scramble. Right, yeah. used to go in there like and after school mm. and and play on it, play have a couple of games on it, and then they, they had a competition to see who could be the first to complete it. Yeah, and I was the first one to complete it, and I won a ten. I was made up. Probably <laughs> spent more than a ten. like getting to the point yeah. where I could be able to complete it, but you know, the fact that I was the first one in Morton to complete it was was good enough for me. So you ever fancy doing a port of that on anything? Um, well, the thing is, Scramble's been out for a while, and it's been ported to quite a lot of things, mm. and, and that's that's what I'm running out of things. To, that's why I'm on the Vectrex at the moment. Yeah, I love the Vectrex yeah, Scramble. It's great. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I, I played that to death. The way you could like on the maze bit, yeah. you could bomb through the walls, couldn't you? As yeah. you, as you went down. <laughs> Excellent game. I know. I'm, I'm planning to do a couple of games on that because mm. I do like the system. Um, and I quite enjoy doing 6809 as well. I haven't yeah. done it for a while since since when I was at school, actually, was the last time I, I did some 6809. Yeah. Um, These are all like Z86809. Yeah, yeah. Well, best of luck with your yeah. endeavours. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Sir. Yeah. Thank you. Pleasure. Yep, always nice to talk to Jim. I've spoken to him before at one of the expos. Uh, replay, maybe, or revival, I can't remember. Nice yeah. guy to talk to. Very clever. He is. He, he is, programs yeah. all sorts of weird and wonderful things that we like, old old computers and arcade stuff and all that kind of malarkey, which is nice. Yeah, and that port of Bomb Jack, I bet that's going to be excellent on the Vectrex. It will, because that is my favourite console, and I'm looking forward to that already. Even though I actually do like Bomb Jack, it just doesn't like me. I'm not very good at it, but I do like playing it. Mm. On the Vectrex, that'd be fantastic, because it's the vertical screen again, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, it'd be good, that. Quite interesting to hear. He's also doing Donkey Kong Jr. for the Amstrad CPC. Yeah, I never had a CPC when I was a kid. Mm, I never had one since either, actually. I I went round a friend's house who had one, and some of the games were okay. The only game I remember thinking was really, really good was a game called Sorcery. Sorcery, Sorcery, kind of a bit of a platformy, flyy thing with RPG elements. Oh, nice one. Mm. Yeah, never never really got into the Amstrads. I think one friend of mine had one. We didn't. I think the Cuthbert games were popular on them, weren't they? Yeah, he was kind of like the Horace version of for yeah, the Amstrad, yeah. weren't he? Be interesting to see that because um, the Commodore sixty four got a remake of Donkey Kong, a really good remake of Donkey Kong Junior. A few years ago, a mm. homebrew one, which was very good. Mm. Excellent. And I went to Arcade Club again yesterday. Of course, you did. And there were loads of forum members there. A lot of the southern guys came up. We had a great time. So the last two weekends I've spent at Arcade Club, which is probably the best place you can spend a weekend, sir. It is indeed. Uh, I, was, I was thinking about going up because Alex went up with uh, Davo because it was their birthdays about a week or so ago and they sort of treated themselves to an Arcade Club outing. What are we going to do? Road trip. Yeah, they had a great time. Yeah, yeah. I, talk, I spoke, spoke to Alex the night before because I gave him a box to give to you. He kindly took it up there in, in, his, in his little van. And Rich Stryker came up to see him that night before because they were going up together the next day. So I was talking to Rich again, which was a pleasure to see him again. Yeah, first time I met Rich. Nice guy. Yeah. Do you know what? I forgot to say last time we spoke, I've been helping out beta test the Vectrex port of Space Launcher Stroke Galaxy Wars by oh, the wonderful lucky. Chris Binary Star. Oh, you lucky git. And when we were testing this game out, in the middle of... There was loads of other people testing it. They are on sort of like a um, a Facebook messenger sort of get-together. There was loads of people discussing it and telling them what bits were good and what bits were bad and, you know, helping them out sort of beta test it. 
Mm. And in the middle of that, I sort of I, I left the, the message for a while because I was doing other stuff and I didn't play it for a while. I was doing a few things with it, and all of a sudden I realise he's made another game at the same time. What's he made? He's made a whack-a-mole game for the for the Vectrex. Ah. So the idea is, is there's nine moles on the screen, you know, like in the whack-a-mole game. You get three at the top, three in the middle, and three at the bottom. Yeah. But with this, you use a Vectrex light pen to touch them on the screen when they pop up, rather than hitting them with a hammer. Right. Ah. But I haven't got a, a light pen for the Vectrex, so I was using the joystick. You push a joystick in the direction you want and press the button, and the hammer comes down. And it's right. really good. It's really smart. You, you've got to hit the, the moles as they come up, but don't hit the bombs, because you lose a life if you hit a bomb. Mm. But um, as well as that... People have actually been making light pens for the Vectrex. They've been remaking new ones out of, like, old Sharpies. Yeah. So I thought it was really smart. I'm not sure how they make them. They seem quite quite simple to make, but I'm not sure how they do it. But, yeah, it'd be quite fun doing that. You get, a, like, a Sharpie, take the middle out, and just fill it with light. My God, it's full of stars. Yes, that's what it is. Mm. You've got to get a, a, a decent source of light. You can't mm. just push it in there with a spoon. Mm. Mm. <laughs> What else have you been up to? I, I see on our notes here you've been playing Flicky again. What are you up to now? Actually, I've not been playing it a lot. I haven't played it on MAME. I've just been playing it at Arcade Club. And last night I wasn't very good on it, but the previous week I was flying like a blue flightless bird. <laughs> and I got 3.8 million points. Oh, my God. This is about halfway towards the Uber players now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, selling think, about seven, six, seven, eight million, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So what I want to do, my aim is to do the first fifty levels, which it loops at forty-eight, God. The f- perfectly. So then you get all the bonuses. So you get the ten, the fifty, the hundred, the five hundred, and the two million bonuses. Oh my lord! And I've done all them at different points, but not within the same game. So that's my next thing. Wow! But like I say, I haven't been playing it a lot because I've been playing our feature game to death. Yes, I haven't. Mm. I got so annoyed with it, I stopped playing it. It is frustrating. I'll give you that, mistake. I gave it a massive harumph. Harumph! <laughs> it was. Even <laughs> wife heard me harumphing. <laughs> you sure it was harumphing and not swears? No, it was harumphing and mm. a bit of swearing. Mm. What I have been doing, though, the other night I was sort of went in the, the little computer room here I'm sat in at the moment, and I was looking for some new games to play. Because I've got it's my choice for the next game we play. Mm. And I was looking for some, some old. I was doing it by, in MAME, you can, you can do it by date order. I was doing some really early ones. I was looking at some early black and white games. And it seems like a lot of those games, like in the 70s, were paddle controlled or some kind of analog device, like a pedal or, you know, sort of an analog joystick or whatever. Yeah. I bet the cabs are a whole lot more playable than than on MAME. Because unless you've got some kind of analog controls, you can't really play the games properly. Yeah. And and some of them are really cheesy, but some of the, uh, like the paddle games, like Circus... And those kind of games, you're chucking a little juggler guy around and hitting the balloons. They're a lot of fun. I like those games. Mm. Yeah. Quite smart. Oh, and I also found out that Cosmic Allen isn't right in MAME. Doesn't work. Do you know that? It doesn't work properly. On Cosmic Alien, when you get to the last alien, whichever alien it is, he'll turn into the big massive alien as he comes down, he swoops down to you, a really huge one, which you, you can kill quite easily because he's really big. But he just flo- sort of floats down like a normal one would until you kill yeah. him. But on MAME... On all three versions on main, there's an old version, a normal version, and a newer version. All three of them, on one version, he doesn't turn into the big alien. He just comes down as normal. Right. And on one version, he swoops down really quick at you. He sort of like falls out of the sky really quick to, to bomb you. And he doesn't do that on the arcade version, because I've got it in my cabs, and it doesn't do it at all. It just comes down normally, both of them. I've got two 
machines and they both do the same. So the versions in, in MAME are either very different to what I've got or completely wrong. Mm. See, mm. we we'd never know. All these old games, you don't know 100% if MAME's got them right, do you? Yeah, but I do and, know for this particular one because I've yeah. actually got the, um, the, the version. Board. But what I could possibly do one day is is dump one of the ROMs and find out which version it is. Because if you, if you check it to MAME, it'll tell you what version it is. Right. And if it's a completely different version, they've got different versions to me. Because I've got oh, the yeah. wall mounts, remember? I've got the German wall mounts. But as far as I know, the boards are the same. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. What are you drinking there, Vic? It looks like cider. It isn't. It's uh, squash. Oh. But it's a mixture of orange and purple-coloured squash. Oh. It was the last one in the, bar- the bottle, so I just put them together. I'm oh, crazy like that, me. You're creative. <laughs> I also played uh, a game called Circus, or Acrobat, from 1977. It's got some kind of crude speech on it. Has it? Yeah, when you when you, when you yeah when you drop the guy, it makes a sort of um, like a human noise. I, I couldn't make out the actual word. It's definitely a sample. Weird. So that's an early early one, a lot earlier than Berserk and King and Balloon. It is a lot earlier. Also, I come across a game called Sky Raider from Atari. That's an amazing game from 1978. Have you checked it out? Yeah, I saw it a long time ago, and I thought. What I originally thought when I saw it was MAME was emulating a hardware background. Yeah, a rolling road sort of thing. Yeah, I thought, oh, I bet the machine's sort of half electromechanical, but it's not, is it? It's actually actually, It looks like a sort of um, a landscape with, you know, sort of targets, and it's on on a rolling road, like a wheel, wheeling towards you. But it's actually done Mm. on the screen, all in black and white. I thought it was really cool. I liked it. Yeah, I actually had a quick go of that this afternoon. Mm, Nice one. That's a paddle. It's kind. Of, no, it's yeah. It must be a paddle game of some Or, well, this main that I've got, you controlled it with a mouse, kind okay, of accelerating. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Mm. Another thing I've been doing as well, and I've got to keep on with it because I'm asking someone on one of the forums how to do it. As you know, I've got that Pitfall Two PCB. I've got an original Pitfall Two. Yeah. Well, I found out that originally it may have been a flicky. That's been really? converted to Pitfall 2, yeah, because oh. it's got two daughter boards in there. I'm trying to work out what it is. And apparently those games can easily be changed into other games because it's the Sega System 1 hardware. Right. And if Ooh, I can turn it into a flicky, guess who's getting it? Um, me. Yes. Yes. And if you can't turn it into a flicky, you might be able to turn it into Wonder Boy. Oh, just as good. Well, nearly as good. I know a guy called Leon who loves Wonder Boy, and he's been after an original PCB for a long time because MAME... Tight, kind of tears a little bit and he he, he he says there's a bit of lag in it because he's really used to the arcade version mm. and he's been after an original PCB for ages because you can get loads of bootlegs but he says they're not quite as good either right so it's interesting turning an old game into another one I like that mm. yeah it'll be good so let's talk about some arcade news that's been happening yes well in over in America, right in middle America. Yes. They've just had the Midwest Gaming Classic. So oh, a lot of our friends gone. from Galloping Ghost Arcade, Pie Factory Podcast, Underground Retrocade, Sky Curse, so all the all the people that live around that well, it's a massive area, but all the people that live around there apparently went to that event. Yeah. And it sounds like a really good event. The pictures are all over the all over the uh, Facebook feed. So, yeah, I think I think that would have been really good. I would have loved to have gone to that. It looked really, really good. And the next big show in America is called ZapCon. No, mm. Not one I've heard of yet, but it looks pretty cool. 
April the 16th to 17th at the Mesa Convention Center. Ooh. AZ. It's in AZ. Arizona. Yeah. Oh, nice one. So that should be good. Yep. Here is a nice idea to liven up the, your boring cocktail glass. Yeah, I saw this. Really nice, isn't it? There's a guy on Facebook called Moto Glass, and he does glass etchings of arcade logos and stuff onto glasses. Mm-hmm. And other sort of small things, but he's done an actual cocktail table like here, the you know the top glass. Yeah. And it's the centipede side art on the left of the monitor, and on the right he's got a couple of big the big mushrooms. Yeah, it's really and lovely looking, isn't it? It looks really effective, you know, really brightened up sort of a boring wood grain cocktail, yeah. wouldn't it? Because the centipedes, Atari centipedes, were only, were only wood grain tops. There was nothing to them really, to a bit of glass on. Yeah, mm. really nice. I suspect they could do other things as well. Yeah, I really like that one. They do this with, uh, they do that with. I think they mask it off and they sandblast it. Yeah, I don't know how they do it. I think yeah. that's how they do it. That's pretty cool. That is. It, it does look good. Oh, here's one that everyone's been going on about. There's been a lost Neo Geo prototype fighting game found. Mm. It's been revealed and released, so you've been able to play it in main now. Mm. It's a full game apparently, but it hasn't got a sort of title screen. I read of one of them that the title is something dragon or something. Something with a dragon. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. can't find it again now. I'm sure it's something dragon. Yeah, but it's a full game, apparently. It was never released, so all the, the fighting people are going mad for it. Dave. It might be Dave the Dragon. Dave dragon. the Dragon has a fight. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah, yeah, Dave the Dragon has a fight with other mythical beasts. Edinburgh are getting their first mm. arcade cafe to open in the city this summer. Mm. And I read the article, and there's a bit of a problem with the article. It doesn't say about where in Edinburgh it's opening. Well, I reckon probably the middle Probably the middle of Edinburgh, yeah. It's quite, or, a, big, quite a big area, Edinburgh. At Push, top left, top left of Edinburgh. Where is the Arcade Cafe? I'd like to go. <laughs> oh, you're good at voices, you. Oh, Galloping Ghost have restored a one-off again. Another one-off for the Galloping Ghost. They love doing that. This is a Beavis and Butthead prototype. Shut up, <laughs> fart knocker. <laughs> Beavis and Butthead was being worked on by Atari in 1996 when it was cancelled, apparently. Huge thanks to Jeremy Fox of Prince, Prince Arcade for finding this one and opting to have it go on the floor for everyone to enjoy rather than sell it to a collector to be locked away. This is all from The Galloping Ghost. When we received the cabinet, its proprietary CD drive is not working and the game is completely dead. The drive had an old ribbon cable we'd not seen before. The jammer-based PCB looked to be in very nice shape, as did the entire cabinet. The CDs were not recognised in a PC and we were unsure of their functionality. The cabinet was very clean and contained the original sales documentation stating it was sold at an MTV auction in 1999 and was one of only 12 made. I'm certain not all 12 in existence are in existence anymore. Our prototype is number 9. While the game would not start, when the reset button in the cabinet was pressed, a 3DO logo would display. That sparked the idea to do a little research on the 3DO. It quickly looked like the drive in the old Panasonic 3DO used the same cable. Went out the next day and found a used 3DO and opened it up. Taking the drive out and just connecting it to the PCB did not start the drive properly. So he put the drive back in the 3DO and let the power go from the 3DO to the drive and the data cable go to the Beavis and Butted PCB. Moments later, Seth Young and I heard the incredibly recognisable music of the Beavis and Butted theme tune. We also had a second CD we'll try as well. It could be the original concept disc of the game that was just a series of mini-games. So that's on the Gallop, Galloping Ghost shop floor. How brilliant is that? And I think they took that to the Midwest Gaming Classic. Yeah, looks really actually, fun as well. Yeah, they actually took it, yeah. 
New Sky Cursor website has been launched. We will put a link in. We will. GriffinAerotech.com forward slash Curse the Skies. Sky Cursor. Yep, ch- check out. You've got to check out the merchandise page for all their T-shirts and stuff. Mm. They've got some really nice T-shirts and a wicked Sky Cursor dog cravat. <laughs> dog cravat. It's a little scarf for your dog. Have the hippest pooch on the block. Wow. It's really cool. Oh, there's one for us, sort of. Mm. Eurocage 2016 is back on. Yeah. It will take place on 10th of September in the Oldenburg, Germany. The event will be housed in the OCM, the Oldenburger Computer Museum, which looks a great place to start with. It already has 20 of its own arcade machines and 10 pinballs. Mm, it looks good. Do you, what do you reckon? Can we make it? Is it too far? Is it too expensive? What do you reckon, Vic? I think it's going to be too expensive and too far because it's, you can't really drive there. It'd be a long, long, whole day's driving to get there. Germany's quite far farther away than the last one. Mm, yeah. And getting a plane to Oldenburg is a bit of a nightmare because you've got to go to Bremen first, I think, and then take a train. Yeah. It's a bit of a nightmare getting there. So mm, I have to have a look, see if we can work it out. Well, yeah, I'm going to have a, a good look at it. The, the price is even the ferry looks, take a car over and it looks a lot. But we will look at it because it was so great last year. It was really guys. cool. I think yeah. the ferry is about six hours as well. Mm. It's a long one. Sleep overnight on it and that. And oh, yeah. God, yeah. It's a, it, it's, instead of a weekend, it becomes almost half a week then, doesn't it? Mm. Mm. Yeah. But they'll have fun anyway. I know they will. Yeah. Right, guess what I found? Only you this found morning. an interesting article. Do you want us to read yeah. this one out? Yeah, there's every year there's a game development conference. This year it's in San Francisco. I don't know if it is every year. This was in March. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they have people talking about the history of previous games as well as, you know, game development techniques and, you know, marketing and that lot. And they got the guy, one of the guys who founded GCC, the guys that did Crazy Otto that got turned into Miss Pac-Man. So what he says, this guy, Steve Golson is called. This is the story behind it. Him and his buddies started operating an arcade from their dorm at MIT. This spread to three dorms. Profits fell as players played longer on one quarter, especially on Missile Command. So they made a speed-up kit. These things were called speed-up kits at the time. Mm-hmm. And they got a, a loan from the parents of $25,000 to buy a Genrad 6502 microprocessor emulator. Wow, you probably picked them up on eBay now for about 40 quid. Yeah, to disassemble the code. Mm-hmm. And so they sold this Missile Command speed-up kit as Super Missile Attack, which I have heard of. Yeah, so have I. I think I'm it's not, the name. I think James might have. James RGP might have that. Ooh. Oh, no, is that called Missile Storm? Might be Missile Storm. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Unlike other speed-up kit creators, GCC went to great lengths to ensure that its kits could not be copied, even scratching the PAL markings off of its chips. Mm. There were sales of over 1,000 units in just a few weeks at $250 each, so they made loads of money back on that. Yeah. Around this time, Atari noticed them, saying, hang on, they're selling this, and they slammed them with a $15 million lawsuit. That's a bit of an overkill, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) If you scale that up to today's money, it's got to be like over £100. Yes, definitely over £100. Yes. GCC chose not to back down and instead responded by sending depositions to Ray Kazar and various Atari engineers. The big company panicked. Legal protection for games at this time was very unsettled, says Golson. Copyright for games, for audiovisual presentations, etc. were not clear at all. Atari did not want to set a president. Mm. Not a president. Precedent. You couldn't set a president, could you? No, no, you can definitely no. set precedents, though. 
Yeah, especially if the case didn't go Atari's way. Atari was getting annoyed, Golson added. Naturally, they hired us. <laughs> right, so at this point, they're employed by Atari for the for three of them. There's three guys. $50,000 a month on a two-year... A year, month? A month. Ooh, for, that's between, a lot. Between three of them on mm. a two-year contract. The lawsuit against them for super missile attack was dropped on a few conditions, including that GCC cease work on it, and more importantly to Golson, not produce any more speed-up kits without permission from the manufacturer. That is important, permission from the manufacturer. They didn't say which manufacturer. Oops, that's their lawyers failed. Yeah, GCC at the time was finalising another kit, speed-up kit as they're calling it, called Crazy Otto, a Pac-Man kit, for which they used repair and schematic manuals of Pac-Man board, and disassembled the code with a Tektronix 8550 decompiling machine. That old workhorse. Yeah. Amount of times I've had one of them and thought, what can I decompile today? No, not really. Among other things, the 8550 allowed the team to put the game into slow motion so they could check out the cool tidbits in the game, particularly Pac-Man's skidding animation when turning corners and the ghost's eyes leading the way a few frames before they would turn in the direction. So with Crazy Otto ready to go, 21-year-old Kevin Curran, another GCC guy, called Midway President Dave Morofsky on October the 9th, 1981, just the day after they'd signed the contract with Atari. Ooh, the cheeky monkeys. I know, they're good, aren't they? Mm. Kevin says, you may have heard that we trounced and pounded Atari in court and they dropped their lawsuit. This is him talking to Midway. We're about to do the same thing with you. If you have any disagreements, let's settle them now. We don't want to take you to court too. And the cold call bluff worked. In one month, had struck deals with the two top manufacturers in the country. Yeah. Midway bought the rights to Crazy Otto and contracted GCC to rework its kit as a full-on Pac-Man sequel, which was originally going to be called Super Pac-Man. Yeah. A Midway rep then asked them to turn Pac-Man into a woman... But the, but the suggested name, Miss Pac-Man, was shot down thanks to a, a cinematic cutscene showing a Pac-Baby. I don't know yeah. if you remember, like the stalk yes, throwing, seen it. flying over. So they didn't want to do that, so they called it Pac-Woman, and eventually it got changed to Miss Pac-Man. Hey, Sean, do you want to play some Pac-Woman? <laughs> it doesn't really roll off the tongue very well, does it? doesn't work and and the guy Golson as he's talking at these conferences game developers conference it reminded the crowd not to believe everything you read on the internet and he mm. dispels an old rumour it turns out Namco was involved in and approved Miss Pac-Man's production from the moment Midway found out about it yeah. in particular Namco president Masaya Nakamura asked the developers to change a character from a red-headed creature to simple bow-sporting beauty marked pack lady mm. so there's a lot of people involved in how miss Pac-Man have finally sort of materialized and yeah, now it ended up definitely so gcc's 10k auto rom went into production as an auxiliary add-on chip for the original 16k game whose anti-piracy measures golson was particularly proud of it wasn't cloned or pirated for a full six months, he said, which helped ramp Namco ramp up production. Yeah. This was my code, the anti-copying hardware. And GCC left two Easter eggs in the ROM. The first was GCC, the company's acronym as a logo, and the, and the phrase, Hello, Nakamura, was tucked into the source code as well. Mm-hmm. Both of these were eventually used by GCC staff to prove in court that its code had been lifted for the game's 20th anniversary arcade edition. Oh, without their permission. Yeah. 
And at the end of this talk, he's on about, he'd like to do this Golson guy, he'd like to do another talk at the GDC on how they created the Atari 7800 in 1984. Yes, that was one they produced themselves, wasn't it, for Atari? Yeah, I'd like to look into their history of the GCC guys. They sound a bit sort of rebellious and a bit clever, a bit clever. Yeah, wheel of dealers, them lot. Mm, so that's that's, that's Miss Pac-Man. How yeah, cool is that? Because when we discussed it on the 60-in-1 episode, yeah. we said about, I wasn't too sure, that Namco, it was always rumoured they didn't like it and they cut midway off, but they didn't. That was a load of rubbish, because Super Pac-Man mm. was produced later on. So yeah. they were still working with them. They still brought out loads of their games for Namco. Mm. Yeah, excellent. Now we know. And there's a link to the page, and it shows actually pictures of Crazy Otto running. Yeah. With Crazy Otto cutscenes instead of Miss Pac-Man cutscenes. Oh, excellent. Mm. Play Blackpool is in two weeks' time, 30th and the 31st of April. And you will be helping out with the setup again with Mr. RGP James. Yes, I'll be there lifting and shifting and falling over and that. Green, Mr. Shifter. <laughs> also, guess what? Guess what? What, what? Re- Revival are back. You know, they had Winter Warmer last year. They did. I went to that. Revi- it was good. Revival Retro Events. They've got now Summer Solstice. Excellent. It's good names, isn't it? It's better than just... Yeah, I'll be going to that. It's only, just... it's only up the road in Midlands. Revival Warsaw. Yeah, it's the 30th to 31st of July. I caught up with Craig Turner last night at the Arcade Club Ooh. for a 15-minute chat. 15 lovely, lovely minutes. You've talked to everyone there, haven't you? I know. I like Should it. put I it in here? I didn't play much. Yeah, and we'll put the audio in here. Right, here we are at Arcade Club. Mr Craig Turner is here. Hello, Craig. How you doing, Sean? I'm all right, thank you. Um, last year we had the Winter Warmer event and Revival events have got something else on. What have they got planned this year? Yeah, we've got um, Revival Solstice uh, 2016 coming up. It's our first return to doing a big event since uh, 2014 now. Uh, it's been a, been a while since we've, we've taken anything this big, but uh, after Winter Warmer going down so well, I think a lot of people just said, you know, we want to see another big event. Uh, why don't you pick up another big venue and see if you can repeat what you were doing back then? Yeah, I really enjoyed the last one. It was a nice atmosphere. One of the best events of last year. So when is it? When is it, Craig? It's a couple of months off yet? Yeah, yeah. It's the end of July. It's on the 30th and the 31st of July. Uh, and it's at Banksy Stadium in Warsaw. Warsaw, Warsaw FC is football ground so it's actually, right. actually, actually quite a nice venue uh, Dunstall wasn't available this year I was going to ask you why they changed because that, yeah. that was good that yeah that was a big that was a big problem we, we had a, a massive clash of dates unfortunately right and I had to vet quite a lot of extra venues in order to, to, to find a venue that's suitable and it, it's always finding that good toss up between cost size and practicality so yeah. um, even though this one's going to be a, a thing for the people who are helping out because it's all first floor and there's no service lift um, so now th- th- there is a small lift which will be able to get a lot of the machines and stuff up in that's not a problem um, but the, the, the best thing about it I suppose is that it's uh, it, it's just as nice a venue as Dunstall yeah, yeah. the biggest difference is it's got um, a direct uh, executive executive box view of the pitch so anyone who's into football uh, Warsaw FC are actually playing uh, a home game against uh, one of the I think it's a home friendly against one of the Premiership teams on the Saturday. All right. So you've, they've actually agreed to close the entire stand that we're in 
because we're hosting the event. So anybody who's coming to the event gets free access to the, to the football game as well. Oh, so it could be quite appropriate. Um, uh, one of our guests may also be quite relevant to the fact of the venue we're having there. But I can't say nothing yet until we've, right. uh, until we, until we've got it all nailed down. It's all under wraps for you. It is, yeah, yeah. So what's the capacity? Because last what was last year? It's like 400 odd, right? Uh, yeah, the official capacity of the last one was 250 was per, right. yeah, per day. Uh, but we kind of we went a little bit overboard. I, I, I capped the uh, the ticket sales because they went they went very well. Uh, and in the end, I think the total with walk-ins and everything, there were nearly there were nearly 700 people came in that venue over the weekend, which was far far more than we wanted. So it was it was never too packed in there. You were never shoulder to shoulder. You know, your people weren't pushing people out of the way. But this one has got an official capacity of about 800 people per day. Um, right, and, you right. know, assuming walk-ins and things like that, you know, we could have a couple of thousand over the weekend. So, you know, it's going to be quite good that we've got the the entire suite there called the Stadium Suite. We've also got uh, the cafe areas on both sides, one of which will be used ah, yeah. for the cafe and um, pinballs and things like that. And the other end is going to be a dedicated talks area. So we're going to have a, a dedicated talks area and it'll also be a gaming cinema right. where, where we'll be screaming uh, things like the old gaming shows, the old gaming adverts uh, we may put up a projector there'll be a big projector set up in there and we might put a couple of multiplayer games in there between the talks So, so who have you got for the talks so far? Or at, the, no, at the moment we've got nothing absolutely concrete uh, right. Retro, Retro Asylum are partnered with us they, yeah. they asked to be partnered with us after um, after Winter Warmer last year Yeah. so they've agreed to to, uh, to take a look at our, um, our talks panels and that for this year they're going to find all our guests and they're going to Set it all up for us, so I'm just waiting to hear back from them. At the moment. Oh, that's cool. Right? Yeah, but it takes a bit of weight off your shoulders, doesn't it? Well, it does. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's a it's quite a step up going back to a big show uh, just on my own now. Even though I've got a big crew, some of the crew aren't available for this year, and as far as the organisation goes, a lot of it falls on my shoulders. So having other people to kind of delegate that thing to does help me a lot. Yeah, it frees me up to do the other things like the advertising and things like that. So yeah. Retro Asylum said they've got some good ideas about what they want to do. We've talked about possibly doing workshops and things like that, you know, oh, which, which would be a nice feature to bring in. And, and everybody yeah. was asking for the talks to come back. So as long as we've got yeah. something in, in there, in, in, you know, in that respect, I think that we could we could build on that then. And hopefully, if people want us to scale up a little touch again next year, we can do that. Right. So obviously you've got the cabs, the consoles, the traders. Yeah. As normal. What cabs have you got in store? What, what have you got concrete at the moment that you, that's going to be there? Right. Concrete. Well, we've just, we've just been talking. <laughs> we've just been talking with Alex uh, about uh, certain Nintendo systems which may be coming along, but we're not too sure of that. He likes to think, keep things close to his chest. That one. He does. <laughs> he does. Um, but I do actually have a list here. So if you give me one second. Excellent. I'll have, I'll have, I'll have a quick look. I tell you what I liked last year. I hadn't seen it before. I think it might be your cab, Racing Hero. Uh, it's actually Nick. Yeah, Nick, who owns uh, Vintage Gamer in Hales Owen. Uh, they're actually our main sponsors this year. Uh, he's, he's, he's agreed to sponsor us with his with his shop, and he's always got a brilliant trader presence there. I mean, he's yeah. got some of the best bargains. Uh, he's got a small collection of his own, and he, he donated uh, Daytona, uh, sorry, Sega Rally and uh, Sega Racing Hero. Yeah, and uh, it's a nice thing to be able to see because it's not something you see too often. No, it's um, it's a bit like hang on, 
isn't it? But with um, graphics of power drift, I'd yeah, say. I'd, yeah, I'd say it's, 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 it's a little bit more up to date than Hangon, but we've also got uh, a few, few of my favourites coming from my own collection. We've got Simpsons coming, uh, we've got Gorf, we've got um, Terry Cresta, we've got Ridge Racer, uh, our custom build, Fix It Felix, uh, we've got Killer Instinct coming. I've recently acquired a four player X Men machine, which oh, I believe yeah. hasn't been seen at shows before, so that'll be a nice one. I haven't played that for. When they come out, late eighties, early nineties. Uh, probably a year or two after the Turtles, because uh, Konami did the Turtles and Simpsons. I think then they did Sunset Riders and X Men was about the same time as that. So then four players, they all, all, always go down well. Don't yeah, they? The, the Konami brawlers are absolutely fantastic. But we've also got coming um, a few fighting games. We've got some candies coming. We've got uh, Kicks. We've got Phoenix. We've got Gyrus. We've got uh, an Outrun Two coming. I think which is about as new as they go. Yeah. Um, as, you, as you mentioned before, we've got Racing Hero and Sega Rally coming back. We've got the favourites like Outrun, uh, Turbo Outrun, we've got Donkey Kong, we've got um, this Pac-Man, plenty more besides. I think we've got um, Atari Video Pinball coming, if I remember rightly, yeah. from somebody. Yes, one, one of the guys on UK back has actually spoken up and said he'd like to borrow something, and that was one of the ones that he mentioned. So I think that will be a nice addition to the to the, uh, to the lineup. And what about the pins? Have you got a load of pins again? Yes, we have. I, I haven't actually got the, the line-up uh, of those just yet, but I've been assured we've got at least 15 pins coming. Right. Um, possibly 20 or more, depending on the private donations we've got coming. But you can expect to see a lot of the favourites there. You're going to see Adam's family. You're going to see... Um, I believe we've got uh, Roller Games coming, is it? Um, yeah. We've got, I think, Family Guys coming, which is a personal favourite of mine. Absolutely love that. Um, I, I do, I love it. I, I like it. It's got that, um, it's got like a little pinball machine in the corner, on, on the corner of the playfield. Yeah, I'm not familiar with it. I think You're I've not seen with it. The no. guy. I'm a big fan no. of Family Guy anyway, but yeah. you, you basically play the game and you're playing on the big big field and then you access one of the features and in the, in the corner there's a mini pinball table with its own little flippers and little tiny ball and yeah. if you access no. a certain feature you actually play that little pinball in the corner. It's quite a nice little touch. I suppose it's it's quirky, I suppose. A bit like if you're playing um, Baby Pac-Man with the, the pinball on the screen, you know. It's, yeah. it's just that gives it a bit of a novelty. Yeah. So you're going to have all the normal consoles there, like the Mega Drive, NES, NES. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's going to be in excess of 100 consoles this time. Wow. We had it's more than last time, isn't it? Yeah, we, we, are, we, we had in the end. I think there were nearly 70 machines, I think, at Winterbourne. We crammed a few more in. Yeah. Uh, we've got a lot more multiplayer coming. We should be setting up um, a full eight-player uh, Mario Kart Double Dash on the GameCube on a link. Yeah. Oh, uh, we're looking to do a ten-player Bomberman again. Yeah. Um, we've got um, a lot of the old computers coming. We've got the Micros, we've got the Acorn Atom, and I've been assured by some of our own crew that we've got some quite rarities coming this time. Yeah. Um, I've acquired a Satella View, which will be nice, and I'll be bringing some of the BSX games along for the SNES. Um, I've been promised there'll be some development machines coming. Uh, the PlayStation development machine, the Xbox development machine, a GameCube development machine, um, quite a few things like that. I believe Roger will bring in a PC Engine LT, which was an extremely rare machine. Never heard of it. No, exactly. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a lot of rare consoles that some people will never have even touched on before, let alone played. And um, 
we've been assured that they, those kind of things will be coming along. We've, we've got an area coming this time we're setting called the cutting room floor, and basically oh, the, yeah. th- this area will feature uh, import consoles, rare console variations, uh, and they'll be it'll exclusively have on there prototype games, unreleased games, uh, in some form or another will be on there along with uh, some rolling information about those games. So people, so even though you're, you're kind of visiting the consoles that you've, you've seen and interacted with over the years a lot of times before, there'll be a lot of games you will never even have even heard of or pre-released prototypes of some popular games which have got a completely different angle to what you know. So it's, it's about it's all part of our moniker about that uh, remember, relive, revive. Yeah. The revive part of it was about bringing something new to retro and yeah. I think a lot of people, even though they enjoy the hobby, there's a lot of obscurities out there that they will never have realised existed at the time yeah. and so what I'm trying to do is with, with each successive event is to try and bring some more of those things along I mean hopefully I'll be speaking to some of, our, some of the ex-developers and seeing if they will bring any of their unreleased games and oh, uh, right. some, some of their work that never got, never saw the light of day, never got published, I'm hoping that they will be able to contribute to this cutting room floor mm. and they will be able to showcase some things that people will never have seen before Oh, brilliant. So, what traders have you got? I know you you had a load of good ones last year, all sorts. Even yeah. even arcade PCBs were there last year, weren't they? That's right, yeah, and we've got much of the same again. We've got, uh, as I mentioned, um, Nick with Vintage Gamer of Hales Owen. They'll be bringing a, a ton of their consoles and games. We've got uh, flashback games coming. We've got uh, a woman coming, Margarita, who's just started a new business called Retro Sugar. And yeah. they do um, retro gaming related sweets and candies. Really? Which is quite interesting. Yeah, she's got some, some interesting display cabinets. She's got um, uh, chocolate controllers, chocolate arcade machines and things like that. Oh, wow. And they're displayed in like, um, a custom-built arcade machine shelving racks and stuff in it it looks very good oh god um, that sounds good to have that doesn't it well it is it, it's just something different I suppose mm, um, get rid of the fridge put that in <laughs> exactly but we've also got um, you're talking about arcade PCBs uh, Pete Smets with Rastamania they will be back again they'll be bringing in a good selection of arcade PCBs uh, joysticks controllers you know anything you want on that front Pete's always quite a favourite because because he tours a lot of Europe I mean he's yeah. from Belgium he tours Europe so he gets to pick up PCBs and things from the continent that maybe we just wouldn't see you know not being part of that show circuit and that will never find their way onto auction sites so I suppose it bridges that gap for a lot of uh, UK arcade collectors yeah so you mentioned before uh, there's food there'll be food there is, it, is there a licensed bar and... yeah yeah there's a licensed bar which I've been informed we can keep open as late as we want and at the moment because we're going to have a good arcade presence I am actually toying with the idea of doing an extended locking for the arcade right. crowd um, mainly staff and um, staff exhibitors but also because I'm a big part of the arcade forums and things like that basically making a late night arcade of it so everything else will be turned off but we'll be able to stay in there till late we'll kill the lights we'll keep the bar open I might be getting some music put on and things like that on the stage and uh, we'll have a bit of friendly competition going on oh that's brilliant sounds really good that so right to finish off how much will it be it will be £12 per person per day oh, very um, reasonable that. I'd say so 
and uh, £20 for the weekend if you want to make a full weekend of it. It's totally worth doing the whole weekend. Even if you get to see everything in one day, you, you will probably want to spend some time at the talks or playing your favourite game or getting involved in the competitions. I mean, the Retro Lords do all our on-stage competitions, so there's lots to oh, see they in there. Yeah. They certainly are. People oh, like their, their particular brand of comedy. So you get, uh, get them from your website, don't you? What's the website? Yeah, the uh, website is www.revivalretroevents.co.uk and it will give you a direct link on there to our, uh, our ticket merchants and you can buy the tickets going from there. You can also buy the Revival membership cards from there for £5. They will be honoured again. They will give people uh, one hour early access to the show. Yeah. It will give them discounts with the participating traders. And I'm also planning an exclusive giveaway just for the cardholders this time. So, oh, right, so if you do pick one up, you're going to be uh, in for a treat. Right, so thank you very much, Craig. I'm looking forward to it. Last year's event was really good. Good, and I'm sure this one will be good as well. All right, thank you, mate. No problem. Well, I'll be looking forward to that one. I definitely go to revival. Definitely. Mm, sounds good. And there's a couple of surprises coming up by the sound of it with the people that uh, they're going to get to do the talks and all that lot. Excellent. Mm. Okay, that's about the news done. Let's do some pickups. Pickups. I've had my VEC multi-cart back from Richard Hutchinson, the maker of them. He kindly reflashed the firmware and swapped over the SD card for me. Hopefully it's playing nicely again, and so far, so good. Excellent. But my Vectrex isn't too well. It thinks that player two's third button is pressed down, and I haven't even got a second player control for it, so there's something wrong with it. Oh. Oops. I also got a Commodore C64C, like the one I've already got. Mm. I picked up from last Sunday's car bootay sale. A bootay sale. A bootail sale. <laughs> it was two whole pounds and fully working. Yeah. Just the computer, no leads, no power pack, none of that sort of business. But I, I got some cassettes with it. The guy just said, you might as well have these as well. And it had a number two keycap missing. But Leslie on Twitter said to me, oh, you can get these from Retrolium, which I've bought things from before for other computers. Yeah. And I bought a new keycap that was sent to me, like, I think, nigh on next day. And it was £2.24 delivered. So I paid... 24 pence more for the key than the whole computer. <laughs> but it's a fully working Commodore wow. 64 now, which is quite good. Excellent. Oh, I've got a reverse pickup. Does what anyone is... want to buy a really mint Nintendo Space Fever cocktail I've made? Mm. £750 takes Ooh. it away. It's expensive because it is mint. So a reverse pickup is you selling stuff? Yes. Right. Have you had any pickups? I have, mostly thanks to you, sir. Pleasure, welcome, all that lot. I've got a. You've sent me a PC, which I'm going to maim, maim the hell out of, and put into something. Maim it right up, mate. Make it right. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do that. Thank you. And I've got a bankle panicle board. Yes, which we'll be which, doing in the future one day, I'm sure. Which to normal people is bank panic. Yes, I had about four PCBs, and I looked on the PCB, and you've put a sticker on that says bankle panicle. Yes, because that's what it's <laughs> called. And I've also got Raid, Raiden 2 that you let me borrow because I've been playing that at Arcade Club. Yes, good game, good we game. We did play that a while ago. And also some biscuits, thank you. Yes, I popped a packet of biscuits in there. That was rattling around in the bottom Just of the Just to keep you going for a bit. And Alex hadn't eaten any of them, so that's good. That's very good. And one that I've actually bought instead of people giving me stuff mm-hmm. is a King of Air Pandora's box board, which is a... F- oh, yeah. 
Excuse me. Excuse a 51 the, uh... in one vertical shooter at board. Excellent. Um, is it any good? I've got it late last night, so I've not had much time to go on it, but it is good. Yeah, it's got... Oh, let's just have a look. I've got a list. So it's got some, some of the favourites on. It's sort of, I would say... Is it like an extension of the 60-in-1? It's just all vertical shooters, so it's right up my alley, you know. Oh, right, okay. So it's totally different. And it looks rather like a Neo Geo cartridge with a Jammer Edge connector on it, doesn't it? It looks like a PS4. Really? <laughs> yeah, it looks like a small blue PS4. Oh, I see. Good old yeah, Chinese, they love doing sh- stuff like that, don't they? Shameless, aren't they? So mm. it's got sort of, say, late 80s to like early 2000s shooters in. Okay. So there's a lot of bullet hells, a Striker series are in there, Gunbird 1 and 2. I love that Gunbird board you lent me, by the way. Oh, good. Or Truxton 2, that could be perhaps one of the oldest ones. Mm. That's, that's a gun. Yeah. And then like a few of the uh, cave ones, like... Some cave Gwan- ones on there, oh, Gwanga right. and... Is Gwanga on there? Yeah. Dodon Patchy, Dodon Patchy, B Storm, Esprade. That Deceiver. sounds worthwhile, actually. I, I really like Gawanga. That's a really cool game. Really like that one. And they don't play quite as smooth as Main, but they're nearly there. So for the for the money, it's just really good value. Oh, okay. That sounds quite nice. And a good thing about it, right? It's got auto fire set in. Ah, the Japanese have that in a lot of their cabs. They have a a little piece of hardware that connects to the buttons, which gives you auto fire in a lot of their games. Yeah, so to turn it on and off, you press the start and then the player one uh, fire button. Okay. And it turn, turns it on and off mid-game whenever you want. Ooh, that's quite interesting, that. Mm, yeah, oh, so how I'm much gonna... was that altogether? Um, I got it from Mr. Danny Frothmeister, thank you, sir, for 60 of your Earth pounds. That's good quality, isn't it? Mm. Hmm, that's interesting. Mm. That is all the, all the pickups we've had, I think. I don't have any more just yet. I'm waiting for a few things to come through. I have. little things. I've had a great... It's a non-arcade pickup, fridge magnet letters. Fridge magnet letters? So you can write rude words on your fridge? Yeah, I bought them off eBay. And two packs, 80 little letters. We had some other letters on the fridge, but we were missing lots of letters, so you just couldn't make sense of stuff. You can make swear words out of them. Mm. It's just brilliant. You put some on at night. So I put on, hang on, I put on Mighty Tower Plan, right, in these little baby fridge magnet letters. Yeah. I come down the next day, and even my wife or son had made, changed it into flighty toe pin. <laughs> and then someone else has changed it into nightly show pan. Is this sort of like in vain of the, the Faulty Towers openings? They always change the letters of Faulty yeah. Towers to, you know, ottery farts and things. Yeah. Nice and my one. son, I'm sure he's put on this morning, is put, let's make this fridge great again. Oh, what a chimp. I know. If you want to just spruce up your family life, you know, a bonding exercise, get some fridge magnets. Fridge magnets, kids. Can't go wrong. Right, the next section we usually do, right about now. Yes. Funk's old brother. Is feedback. <laughs> Let's start with the feedback. Mad Stee. Awesome episode of At Tenpence Arcade Podcast. Great interview with At Woodpunk. Only let down by At Sean Holly getting my scores wrong. Ha 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 ha. Apologies, Majesty. I got two of your scores. He, he did a couple of scores on the 60 and 1, and then he updated the got higher scores, but I missed them, and I know why I missed them now. Oopsie, because you're a fool. Uh, apart from that, Twitter, you can search. I search for the phrase 10p scores. So yes. they all, every, everybody puts 10p score after the scores. But there is a live feed, and there is a top tweets feed. So I was just looking at the top ones. Mm-hmm. So if. 
you know, if I put some on and I got a few likes, mine would appear at the top. So you have to click live tweets and then they come in date order. So that's why I missed Steve's. Oops. Sorry, Mr. Mad. So Scott Hattle, you're my favourite podcast of about 15 or so I listen to. So whenever yours comes out, it gets priority play. Keep up the great work, fellas. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mark Bannister. Hopefully the Tenpence Orchestra, Orchestra will make another famed appearance. Not this time, no. I'm afraid. Not this time, Mark. But, you know, they'll be back. Oh, God. Bobby <laughs> Hazelnuts. You two provide an amazing service that many of us would be willing to pay for. Thank you, Bobby. Okay, Bobby Hazelnuts. Send us some £50 notes. Mm. Thank you very much. And some more of them biscuits. They were awesome. Oh, they were. Stephen Baker, Cinny Steve. We met him, didn't we, down we at did. Steve's? Nice, nice guy. Met Cinny Steve at Steve's. Love a long podcast, guys, and hopefully we'll have enough time for Moon Patrol because I love that game. He has put a score in. Let the arcade guy know that if he passes on the Sinistar, I will have it. I bet you will. I am Cine Steve after all, haha, and I should have first refusal. You should have said it like that. I am Cine Steve. Ron Howard. <laughs> oh, the great Pete Han, Gamer of the Year. Yes. Great show as usual, gents. I strongly recommend Groovy Mame. It's nearly indistinguishable from a PCB for most games. I have it running on my Blast City Candy Cab with an older Windows 7 PC, and I love it. It does require the use of a specific ATI Radon video card and can be a bit hard to set up, but totally worth it in his opinion. I was laughing hysterically at the teeth-chomping Victor was doing when describing Puyan's bitey wolves. As far as games that I think they should or could have included instead of the speed-up clones on the 16 were Gallagher 88, Slap Fight, or Alcon, or Contra and Grizor. He says, could it run on this hardware? I'm not too sure. Sinistar as well. Yeah, that's, that would have been a good one. Some Williams games on there, maybe. Mm. Maybe uh, Joust 2. That was a vertical game as well, wasn't it? Yes. That would yeah. be a nice one to play. Mm. Hmm. John Monkus also recommends five games that he would replace the, the lazy speed-ups, as he calls them. Yeah, definitely. Satan's Hollow. Yes, that's a great game. Strange, isn't it? It's good, I love it. Spooky. Cubert. Oh, love that as well. Arabian. I've been playing Arabian. That's a platformer, isn't it? It's quite fun. Four or five levels. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's fun. Slither. <laughs> what is Slither? Is it, oh, is it I think it's a game where you've got to whip snakes. I'm sure Alpha oh. One has got a cab of it. It's quite a rare game. Ooh, a Monster Bash. Monster Bash is a good game. It's a weird platform, but it's quite good. It's set in a house, like a ghost house, isn't it? Yes, it's sort of a front view of a house. Yeah. Excited for Moon Patrol and possibly a Bank Panic episode. Don't get me wrong, I really do love Zaxxon, but it needs a flight stick and feels completely off playing on a typical 16 equipped cab. Yeah, I'm reserving rights on Zaxxon. I don't even think I like Zaxxon with a flight stick because it's just a horrible game. Oh, I don't know. Never liked it. That, that thing with the height gets me all the time. Mm, it doesn't geez. really. It's the 3D onto a 2D screen thing. It doesn't work for me, I think. Mm. Do you know what? If you put... 3D glasses on. Remember them red and green 3D glasses. You know what happened. You would play Zaxxon and it'd be exactly the same. Just get it would be, just be red and green. Mm. Be rubbish. Then he's put. Glad you enjoyed Congo Bongo. Maybe you guys can play it for an episode in the future. Mm. Maybe Gary James Harris. Listen to the pod as I write away, which will last me the rest of the evening, fellas. Now got to where you were on about the burger time, which got me thinking about the spectrum variation I played many moons ago. It is burger time in all said but the name, but it's different and has a slight variation to it. It's called Mr. Wimpy for a start. And mm. before you even make the burgers, as in burger time, you actually start by collecting the items first in a little left-to-right screen, dodging moving holes and creatures. It's a very good variation on burger time, which is a favourite game of his. 
I believe it was available on the Commodore 64 as well and published by the greatness that was Ocean. Well worth a check out if you have the time. By the way, I also have the same 61 PCB. Own a few of these games on original boards. Mr. Do, Bomb Jack, Mr. Do's Castle, Non-Worker, would love to get it fixed. Shaolin's Road, which has some issues. So yeah, he's saying it's pretty good, the 16-1. Mr. Wimpy was the very first Commodore 64 game I ever owned. Oh, right. Yeah, I remember getting it. I remember the, I remember the, the cover art being pretty good on it as well. Was it mm. endorsed by the Wimpy burger chain in the UK back in the 80s? Yeah, yeah, that was is an official. Well, it looked official. It must have been. Must yeah, have been, I think yeah. it was. Yeah, mm. excellent. Mm. Filners for life. Meat drop. Meat didn't, drop. Didn't know that about meat drop. He says, "I love me some burger time and mappy at the moment too." The sixty-one really is good value, but maybe an update is due to fix the sound issues. I wish they would. Yeah. You got that right, sister. I'll be fitting the trackball Vic gave me soon so WAF can play Arkanoid properly. Need some control panel layout ideas. Need to get a MagStick Plus for the four-way, eight-way switching. Only got halfway through the podcast on this commute. This commute isn't long enough. Go and work in Scotland. And then you replied about the MagStick, didn't you? Yeah, I've got a MagStick. They're horrible joysticks. Don't get one. Honestly, Phil, they're nasty things. Mm. Get yourself a servo stick instead, which will automatically change from four to eight way for you. And it uses a nice kind of Samwar joystick. The mag sticks are really stiff. There's hardly any movement to them. Ah. And what you can do is there's a lever underneath to move them from four way to eight way. Or you can actually lift the joystick up. You can pull it up with a spring, turn it 90 degrees and drop it back down again. Yeah. But the movement on it is really stiff and there's hardly any throw to the joystick at all. It's a really tight stick and I don't like it. In fact, if he really wants one, he can have my one. I don't like right. it. Mm. No. But saying that, Tronads has put, I've owned a Magstick Plus in the past and I quite like them. Well, kind of. They were really good in four-way mode, which most of the games I play required. But in eight-way mode, I always felt they were a bit heavy to use. That's yeah. what you're saying, isn't it, really? Yeah, yeah, they are. In that you had to push them quite hard in the direction you wanted to go, but the accuracy was there. Then mm, he's put, like really it. enjoyed this Mammoth edition, which I got to the end of last night. I particularly enjoyed the interview with the guy who has bought out the arcade book. Yes. Arcade. What a nice guy, and as a result, I have ordered it from Amazon. Ka-ching! That's another one sold. Got it, Tronads. Charlie Farr. Thanks to both of you for this absolutely monstrous podcast. Amazing effort. Eagerly awaiting the 412 in one special. <laughs> that, for, that podcast will be three and a half weeks long. Yes. I can't recommend Groovy Mame enough for use in a cab. Used in combination with CRT underscore EMU driver and VM maker, it makes for quite an authentic arcade experience. Set up correctly as almost no lag and tear-free scrolling. Mm-hmm. It's also recently been updated so you can now use more decent recent ATI video cards. The latest vanilla release of MAME has started from 0.172 to incorporate features from Groovy MAME for use with CRT monitors by default, which I think is great news. Mm. Charlie sent me an email about this. I asked him his, his comments on it, and he's been helping me a little bit with that. I haven't managed to put it in my cab yet. I need a bit of time to do that. But I have got a nice Radon video card, a, a, a more modern one than the computer's got in it already for this yeah. purpose. I'm going to do that soon. Mm-hmm. So that'd be interesting when I get that done because um, there's one game I really, really noticed the tearing on, and that's Pac-Mania. Yeah. So I used to have a Pac-Mania machine many moons ago, and it had an original PCB in it. And you don't obviously you don't get any tearing with the original hardware, but when you play it on Mame, you can sort of see the screen tearing and, and t- catching up with itself as it scrolls. You can play it okay, mm-hmm. but it does look jerky. It's sideways scrolling, that isn't it? It's four-way scrolling. Up, Is it four-way? Right. Yeah, yeah. Because it's it's like a little bit like. Baby Pac-Man in 3D, but it goes up and down as well. 
Right. You can't get the whole screen on, on one screen, if you know what I mean. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mr. Chucky Egg, Alex, Ninty Arcade, fantastic podcast. It really kept me going today as I dodged the showers while trying to build a wall. He's trying to build a wall. Yeah. That's what he does for a job, isn't it? Build walls. He does. Build mm-hmm. lots of walls. You made me laugh when you took a break and then Mr. Ben music kicked in as I can't imagine what outfit Vic changed into, lol. Well, I can. Those red shoes he tried on in that Ameri- in America spring to mind. Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah, yeah. I've still got that photo. Keep it. It'll be worth something one day. <laughs> really, really good podcast. Thumbs up. You've got to review Gyrus and Juno first now. He said that to me last night again. He said it to me on Friday when I saw him as well, but I responded, is they're not really... They're not really obscure enough. We're going to do some obscure, some obscure games for a bit. But we will what? get round to them one day, because we're going to be mm. go, doing this until we die. So we will get round to them, Alex. Don't worry. <laughs> I quite fancy Gyra doing Gyrus, you know. This is a good game. Pew, 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 etc. Yeah. Darren Design. I'll be listening to this one on the beach of Mexico tomorrow. Cheers. And mm. he was. He's just been on holiday, the lucky gat. Mm. Edward Horsemane. That's Ed Horse. It is. Great interview with Tim. Love the arcade book. We'll be purchasing this week some great memories, challenges, and sad stories and uplifting ones. That's that's what uh, Tim went through to get the book produced, isn't it, really? Yes. Ian Ski, really enjoyed this mammoth edition, which I got to the end of last night. I particularly enjoyed the interview with the guy who has brought out the arcade book. What a nice guy. And as a result, ordered it from Amazon. Ka-ching! We've had a lot of feedback about this. And mm. people saying, oh, I wouldn't normally buy a book. And they've listened to our, the interview and we're all oh, going to buy that now. Mm. So that's awesome. Well done. They should send us some money, do you think? I'm getting a book. <laughs> I'm getting a signed one. Yay! And when we get it through, because you've, you've pinched Arcade Club's version, haven't you? Mm, I have, but I'll give it him back. We'll give a proper review of it, I think, so we can sort of talk about it a little bit. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I'm looking forward mm. to that. Benson Rad, listener number four. Right, finish this one now. You'll be pleased to hear I boycotted a national radio DJ with 10 million listeners so I could listen to this this morning. And it was far more enjoyable. In your face, DJ. DJ whoever. An excellent podcast, brilliant. I like the way you had morsels of normal podcast business in between the game segments. I think that worked really well. It was nice to hear about all the games on the 16-in-1. Makes me ever keen to actually put together the cocktail cab my board is designed for so I can actually play it. The interview with Tim was very interesting. I remember seeing a post on Retro Gamer Forum when the Kickstarter thing started off and thought to myself, why buy a book of pics I can just view on the internet? But after listening to the very excellent interview, it totally put me straight and I will now have to buy one. Tim came across as a great chap. What excited me most was that he has a huge archive of artwork. Are there any further plans for that? I wish him all the success with the book. It sounds like he had a harsh time putting it all together, but it made it in the end. Talking of interviewing, I must commend both you and Victor. I think you both have such a natural technique. You seem to put whoever you talk to at ease and have such a harmless, unoffensive style, which makes for great and interesting listening. Oh, thank you. We drug them. It's that easy. (laughs) The bit about Capcom CPS1 games, not all of them had suicide batteries. Ah. The only ones that do, as far as I know, are these. Three Wonders, King of Dragons, Knights of the Round, Captain Commando, Quiz and Dragons, Capcom World 2, and Varth, the Japanese version only. The US and etc. have no battery. Warriors of Fate, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, Punisher, Saturday Night Slam Mass, and Muscle Bomber, Muscle Bomber Duo. I so agree with you, though. So many good games come out of that hardware. Keep up the great podcasts. I honestly have no idea how you get the time to do all this stuff. The fact you played through most of these 55 games alone must have taken more than a few hours, I'll bet. 
loyal listener number four. They mm. did take a while, actually. Yes, yeah, thank you for that, Benson Rad. Um, last bit of feedback. I am Jimmy. He is Jimmy. We are Jimmy. He said, still loving the podcast. I don't leave feedback too often, but this marathon poddy merits a huge thank you. I have heard about the arcade book, but didn't quite see the appeal. Cue rapid U-turn. Yes. The effort involved in producing something like this is breathtaking and more than deserves the asking price alone. Big thanks, Tim. And a copy has been ordered. Wow. Ka-ching. Ka-ching. Another one. Excellent. <laughs> and on that kachinging note, let's shout some outs. Richard Hutchinson for me for sorting my VEC multi cart. Thank you very much. Also, Chris Byron with Star for allowing me to help beta test his Vectrex port of Space Launcher and Galaxy Wars. Oh, oh, and the Whack a Mole game, which is quite fun. Mm. I'm going to give a shout out to Alex Nintendo Arcade because he's done a great interview with Tony Temple, which is a new series that he's doing. He's going around people's arcades, breaking into their houses. He is. He's upsetting people. And then forcing them to... Forcing himself upon them. Show them around their game room. Show him around their game rooms. I think they're invited. I think they're invited. Oh, yeah, maybe, yeah. Which is great. But Tony Temple was at Arcade Club last week, and I was going to interview him. But I ran out of time. I had to go to Batcave because I was taking my son because he wanted to go to Batcave. Yes. Yes. So I missed Tony. But all the questions I was going to ask Tony... Alex asked. Nice one. It was I, like t- telepathetic. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I watch a little bit of the first one, because this is the first one Alex does. He's, he's, he's asking people to invite him round, and he goes around the house. He films all the, the journey there and whatever might happen. Then he talks about their games room and interviews them and talks about their games and you know how they made the room and stuff, and it's really good. And I listened to the first... I watched about the first 10 minutes of it, and it's nearly an hour long, so I need a bit of time to get the headphones on and sort of watch. I might have a bath later on and watch it in the bath or something. Because mm. Tony's a great guy, and Alex is good at that sort of thing. Yeah. I actually asked Alex, who's doing your editing for you? He's doing it all himself, which is a really good effort. I like that. Yeah, yeah, it is. So well I've not really done much video editing, and he obviously has. He does it all on his phone, which is great. I've done a bit on the YouTube, mm-hmm. but when I, my editing is just like, stop. Yes, put mm. this bit in here. Play again. Stop, start again, yeah. yeah. Also, shout out to everyone I've met at Arcade Club over the last two weeks. There's loads of forum members and friends that I'd love to call strangers. Yeah, definitely call them strangers. No, hang on. Strangers that were once strangers but are now friends because I'm friends with them. Less, less strange than they were. Yeah. But still strange. <laughs> I must thank Alex as well for taking up the box for you. Cheers, Alex. That's very yes, nice of you, mate. Thank you. Thank you. Send me a bunch of money to send that. About 40 quid to send that up. It's quite heavy. Mm. Right then, this one is a new sort of sub-segment we're going to do. Oof. Because I haven't got a tech tip this week. I will have some more in the future, don't worry. This one we're going to call Victor's Cab History. Do you know what? It's kind of stolen, the idea. This would be very good, but yeah, I think you may have slightly, maybe just slightly got an idea off of Robo Hara's podcast. Definitely he did, but he yeah. does it better than me, so we'll give him the credits for it. Mm. But, right, what it is, what it was, what it was, I've had, I think, 40 cabinets in my history. Not yep. all at the same time, there always been sort of sell a few, get another one, buy another one, sell another one, whatever. And I'm going to sort of talk about different ones every now and again when we haven't got a tech tip. Mm. So we could have quite a few of these. And I've had quite a few of them over the years. I've got about 10 now, I think, 10 or 11 cabs now. I always sort of keep around that that amount because that's as many I can fit into the, the area I put them in. But we're going to talk about the first one I ever got. 
This isn't mm. about... It's about 2006 I bought this, and it's an Ace Jammer cab. They were made in Telford, and I think they were called Ace Cabs. And it had a playtime marquee on it, so I used to call it my playtime machine. It's very similar to some gambling cabs that have appeared on eBay in recent months, and it's actually two of these cabinets been converted to Jammer with 60 and ones in on the eBay at the moment. They're £425, Oof. which is a lot of money, and they've got LCDs in as well, which is a bit meh. Mm. And I looked on the eBay auction earlier before we did this podcast, and it said, this is an old machine with all new internals, none of that crappy old CRT screen. I sort of thought, how dare you? <laughs> so, yeah, it would have been better with the CRTs in, but they are the same cabinets, and they're quite nice little MIDI-sized cabinets. cabinets. Mm. It's a cabaret-sized machine with wood effect for micro all over it. Very woody. <laughs> Mine came from Telford, as I said, in 2006. As far as I can remember, it's a long, long time. Ten years ago this was. Mm. And I'm pretty sure it was £175 delivered. Yeah. The guy brought it in the back of his sort of, he had one of those MPV things, like a little minibus. And mm. he brought it in that. And when he got here, so I didn't know how far you were. I don't think he realised how far it was because back then, he probably didn't have a sat-nav. And he definitely didn't have a smartphone 10 years ago. So he probably didn't know... Probably just looked on the map and thought, oh, yeah, it's just a straight straight drive down. And it yeah. obviously wasn't, because I lived sort of a little, bit, a little way out of Weymouth at the time, and he had to find the place. So he, he didn't get it about 9 o'clock at night. But he was happy enough to do it. He was fine. I already had PCBs for my mate Scott, who is an operator in Weymouth, who still operates in Weymouth. Simmons Leisure, I think they're called. I also He also had a very basic control panel, one stick and crappy star point buttons. You know the lighty-up flat buttons you get on fruit machines? Yeah. Had those things in it, those old Ooh. nasty things. Never liked those. I remember the front the front of it on the bottom had a door where the you put the coin the coin bucket where the bucket the coin, coins fall into. Yeah. What I did, because I took the coin bucket out because I didn't use coins, I used a button. I used to store my Neo Geo cartridges in there. It was quite a big, mm. big area in the front of it, which is quite nice. It had a 19-inch Cortex monitor in there, which never gave me a problem. In fact... This little cab never gave me any grief. It always worked. Mm, For the, about good, the, the five or six years I had it, it never went wrong. Not once. It's a, it's a good first cab to have then. It was it? really lucky. Yeah, I think I'd lucked out on that one a bit. So as usual, I couldn't leave it alone for five minutes. I soon went about tightening the little fella up with some chrome T-moulding, a nice new screen bezel I made, and a custom-made panel by myself with two sticks and six buttons per side. As you may have guessed, I had some Street Fighter CPS2 boards by then. I had a load of fun and learnt loads, because it was my first cab, I learnt loads about the hobby. But as I mm. started to collect more dedicated cabs and I stopped using it as much, I had a 48 and one put in it and it was sold to two guys from London, oddly enough, who took it away and had a lot of fun with it. Mm. Never heard a problem back from it. And I can't remember how much I sold it for. Probably roughly the same, 200 quid yeah. maybe. I can't remember. Oh, well, memories. I put a little picture on there of the cab as well. And there are two on eBay, but I think the asking price for those is a bit much. Mm-hmm. But nice little cabs to start off with. And the rotating screens, you can actually take the screen out, 90 degrees, put it back in again, so you can change it from horizontal to vertical quite easily. Mm. There's a picture here, and I'm showing it to be playing my asteroids next to it. Yeah, you've got a few of your other cabs there, haven't you? Yeah, in the picture there is Outrun, Mini, a Pac-Mania, and a Goliath, the Playtime, and my asteroids. That's all the cabs I had at the time back then. That is a long time ago. Is that Goliath got Tetris running in it? It has, Eagle-eyed oh, Holly there. Look at that. I got that from that little tiny bit of pixel. And that was the very first PCB I ever got. I was given that for nothing from Scott. Mm, brilliant. Which is nice. Hey, let's have some music, shall we? Yes. And what music are we going to have this time, Music Master? 
Well, we are going to have a tune from Salamander 2, Konami, Konami 1996. It's a stage one music called Silvery Wings Again. Oh, not them Silvery Wings again. But before that, right, mm. the Ten Pence Orchestra have been in touch with me. Oh, God. And they were going to offer up a song, but they're being chased around the country by Tony Basil with a shotgun for some reason. Yeah, not surprising. Because she thinks they murdered Hey Flicky, but... They did. What they were thinking, they were going to try and do a Moon Patrol song. Yeah. So they've sent me some lyrics. Oh, no, really? (laughs) They have, honestly. Go on, get it over with. You know my cold fields, moonlight shadow. Da, 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 yeah, da, da, da. I loved that song in 1983 when it came out. Yeah, you were right. It is 1983. Yeah, yeah. And the lyrics are: I fell down a pit in the morning, carried away like a moonlight patrol. Moon patrol, you see. So I've said to him now, come on, you got to do better than that, lads. And they've come up with. Do you remember, <laughs> do you remember the popular ballad, Blue Moon? Yes. Well, they've turned it into Blue Moon Patrol. Blue Moon Patrol. You saw me standing alone like a man on the phone, like a dog with no bone. How about that? Amazing. Obviously, obviously, you know, they sing a lot better than me, but uh, that's it, mate, yeah? Put the music on. <laughs> Right, we're back. So, let's get on to do the featured game review. Can you tell me what it is, sir? This game is Moon Patrol from IRM 1982, licensed to Williams for North America release. It's a two-way stick, just left and right, fire and jump. 
first game to feature, so they say, parallax scrolling, which is where the background moves at different speeds. Yes. So you've got the foreground and then the mountains and then some, no, some hills and then some mountains. Yeah. And it gives the impression of like a, a scrolling landscape, doesn't it? I call it Goon Patrol because I didn't really like it that much. <laughs> I used to love this game. I used to play this as a kid. And I always thought it was a lot of fun back then, but mm. when, when we start playing these games and we get a bit competitive, I sort of go off them a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Right, you are a six-wheeled pink moon buggy. You've put pink in there, it's purple, isn't it? Right, yeah, it's sort of a pinky, purpley pinky, colour, isn't it? Purple, yeah, tempe coloured, tempent colours. Yeah. Travelling across a moonscape, you fire up from a roof-mounted gun, which can fire four shots at once, and forward from a cannon on the bonnet, which can only fire one shot at a lot slower rate. Yeah. And you can jump over obstacles, you can go left and right controls the speed of the buggy, and it takes a while to get used to the inertia, because it's a very slow speed up and slow down. Yeah, and it's sort of, sometimes when you speed up, especially on later levels when you get the, the mines and on the floor, you don't really realise how much it, it gets to a certain point and it speeds up quite a bit more mm. and you've got to be a bit careful with that because there's no gauge for your speed there's no speedometer or anything like that you just you start moving quicker simple and you can move to about the middle of the screen mm. so yeah. you're not you're sort of staying back from the left half of the screen a lot of the time yeah the game is split into courses with checkpoints labelled A to Z or A to Z yeah Object is to make it through each course in the fastest time with the most points. The action stops and the bonus point screen appears at major checkpoints. These are E, J, O, T and the final one Z. So each, I think there's four four stages of like five checkpoints and T to Z is six. So that's your 26 checkpoints really. Display at the top of the screen, it shows your score the high score where there's a little crown to say it's the high score mm-hmm. lives remaining and there is an indicator like a warning indicator which i i didn't use for a start no i never did and then i used until i got used to the courses and i didn't look at it again but it's got three warning lights the top light flashes red and it means there's an overhead attack coming yeah the middle light flashes green and it means there's landmines so that was useful because you just got to slow right down you have yeah and the bottom light means there's a rocket car approaching from behind. So no. then you speed, speed up. Didn't go that far. No. You didn't get, so you didn't get to this, the second course. Do you know what? Mm. I actually saw Zed on the screen and got flipping killed just before I got to it. I would have done the course and got an extra 10,000 points if I'd done that. It's 5,000 for first Oh, is it 5,000 for first one? Okay, yeah. But I missed it. it. I didn't do it. It's called called a beginner course, that course, Vic. Just don't don't want to put you down. Yeah, (laughs) not even as good as a beginner. (laughs) Rubbish. The backgrounds are either mountains or cool 70s-looking space dwellings. I like the 70s things. They're like big dome thingies, aren't they? Mm. Mm. I'd like to live in a dome. Would you? Yeah, it'd be awesome. (laughs) Right, course A to E... That's the first five stages. They have small and large pits to jump over, mm-hmm. medium-sized boulders, and the thing, the the main frustrating point of this game is the spacecraft that flies overhead. They're boogers, aren't they? Firing tenpence-coloured pink bombs at you. Yeah, they're annoying as heck. And they can be quite random because the bombs can fly off at weird angles. And, you, and they you follow you as well sometimes. Mm, you haven't mm. got... Uh, and I was going to say inertia. You haven't got enough inertia to speed up pass them or slow down so they explode in front of you sometimes. Yeah, but if they explode in front of your ship or you can jump them, you don't get hit. Mm. But you can shoot the bullets with your top-mounted gun. You shoot them out of the air, which is the best yeah, trick. Yeah, that's the best way to do it, yeah. And you've also got these things, these like spinning three-orb things that fire 
bombs in front of your buggy yes that make craters in the ground so you've got to jump them so yeah. you follow the trajectory of the bomb which you can shoot actually if you're quick you can shoot them yeah it's best to shoot them get them out of the way quick before they chuck loads of bombs on your floor and jump over them yeah bonus points are awarded for any time quicker than 80 seconds on that level yeah. and i can regularly do it in 60 or 59 i can do it in 59 every time the first level you go maximum speed yeah and just keep going don't get hit and you do it in 59 mm. every single time but if you get yeah. a hit, your timer keeps going and you lose time. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. the problem. The next section is checkpoints E to J. They're smaller rocks, and you can shoot them if you're accurate. But if, you, if you're bouncing around a bit, your bullets go over the top and you crash into them. I try and jump over those because I nearly always miss those damn things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's two part boulders. You have to shoot both of them or jump over them. You get more points for shooting them, by the way, than jumping them. You do, yeah. Next levels is J to O. You get landmines that appear in single singles on the floor in pairs you've got to jump over them these are little red and white squares basically yeah just keep low speed do not touch accelerate or decelerate and you can jump a lot without doing anything do you know what happens if you hit one of them you explode get explosion get explosion some explosions you exploded exploded me wheels fell off me me moon buggy me wheels fell off it bounced all over the place <laughs> i love that bit Overhead attacks again. Oh god, they are. They do get annoying if you can't get them. Yeah. The next bit. Before you go on to the next bit, mm. do you reckon that the boulders look like meatballs? Um, I think they're just big meatballs mm. with sauce. Could be. Yeah, so you got explode. Otherwise, you get your you get meatballs all over your patrol truck. I feel a lot better about them now. Meatball exploding patrol truck. That's what we've been playing. Mm. <laughs> o to T. Two airborne types of attack at once. This is where they're getting quite tricky. You can get about six of them in the sky at once, can't you? There's too many mm. of the damn things all chucking pink bombs at you and exploding the floor. I think the trick is to Idiots. these guys is to not keep at the same speed that they just get you. Yeah. You've either got to be sl- sleeding up yeah. or slowing down and then try and get them. What you can do, which is a good tip, is if you jump and fire, your four bullets become more concatenated. That's a word, isn't it? It is. And you, you almost make a, like a long sort of spear of a bullet. and you Yeah, can, and you can't miss them then. Because they, they're very sneaky at dodging in between. Yeah, you can miss them when you, when you fire a load of bullets together. You can just miss them quite easily, which is a bit of a pain. Mm. If they get in front of you, they're hard to get. Did you also notice some of the aliens can come and land on you? They yeah. Sort of fall, their, their engines fall out of the sky and they sort of land on you and kill you. Which yeah. I found very annoying. I didn't realise it could do that. I was like, what? What happened there? That's if they're hanging around for too long. They either shoot off the screen... Yeah, or they, they disappear. Come land on you. Because yeah. if you get all of them in a group, you get three or more at a time. You get a bonus for it. You get five hundred and eight hundred point bonuses for killing a, a, like a squad of them. Yeah, if you can do it quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You also get a slight incline with large and small meatballs right rolling down the hill at you. Yeah, even you think they're meatballs now. See, they are. See, yeah. I did that. Mm, very good. The last bit on the beginning course is T to Z. You get boulders, pits, and tanks. Mm. There's a technique to these. Yeah, go on. You go quite quick, you, they, sh- they shoot a bullet, you shoot their bullet and shoot them again before they can fire again. Yeah, because if you hit them when they're shooting a bullet, it will hit their bullet and usually mm. you drive into them by then because you can't squeeze another shot off quick enough. If you're moving too slow, you shoot their bullet and then you shoot again, but they've already shot the second bullet. And you go your, two, your two bullets cancel each other out and then you die. Yeah. <gasps> That's the ones that got me. That's why I didn't get to Z. Mm. That stupid yellow idiot. <laughs> yeah. Harumph. 
Then you get another hill to go up and go down. Spaceships, meatballs and pits. And then you get a bonus at the end for the course completion. I didn't. Oh. <laughs> I didn't. Then you get Championship Course 1 or Champion Course 1. Okay. And I found out that this is it. There is only two courses in the old game. Okay. So it just repeats can, after that, does it? If you can master this one, then you're, you're laughing, aren't you? Because I, it stays I didn't, the same. But some of mm. our listeners did. I certainly did. Mm. So the only difference is the buggy changes from purple to red. Yeah. Maybe he's angry. He's an angry buggy. You get sort of a, a hot rod red now, don't you? Because you're yeah. so good at it. Does yeah. the um, the bit at the top where all your information, that changes colour as well, didn't it? I was watching a YouTube video and that changes colour as well, I think. Does it go pink rather so. than light blue? Do you know what? It may do, and I've not even noticed. Well, there is a YouTube video on there, kids. You can have a look at yourselves. Mm-hmm. Right, so this championship course mixes it up with more of everything more often. This is where the guys in the sky, the yellow spaceships and the flying saucers, they really pick you off, and it's Ooh. that's the thing. I can do the ground obstacles, piece of cake, but these guys with their semi-random shots just get you. Ooh! Ooh. Yeah. It, it makes the swears come out. Yeah. I, mm. I actually... I punched a joystick when I was playing on the PC and then I thought, right, I'm not playing this anymore. It's making me too angry. So I stopped. <laughs> Simple as that. I, I, I knew my limits. I thought, no, yeah. I'm not doing it anymore. Well done. I got a reason. Well, I got a rubbish score really, but it was not as, it was better than, I did persevere a little bit and I had a go today again and I just turned it off. Got so annoyed mm. with it. Harumph. So there's two different things on this level that are not on the beginner course. There's the rocket cars, which you've mentioned. Yeah. They speed it behind you when you get the bottom warning light. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they'll zoom, and you've got to jump, and they'll fly under you. Yes, I have seen these, because on my main machine, on my Naomi, when I first started playing it, I had a score of 51,000 on there. Mm. So, And I've the only one who's played it on there, so I must have done the game before. Yeah, but not during our challenge. So I must have done it, and I remember seeing those cars coming from behind. Mm. So I must have done it at one point, but this time I did not, sadly. And you get, I think it's five hundred to a thousand points, depending on how close they are. I think to to your okay. ship when you shoot them. Yeah, and there's also these space plants. Oh yeah, I saw these on the video. Weird uh, like, they like um, they remind me of those Mario plants that look like little green Pac-Men. Yeah. The little the, chompy plants. Yeah. But Do you know what they remind me of? Go on. They remind me of the, the big alien flower thing in Little Shop of Horrors. Feed me, see Feed me all night long. Oh, right. <laughs> so you can jump over them or shoot them twice to kill them. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the, there's a lot more going on in this level. The, you get the a lot apps. thrown at you at once, don't you? On the yeah. later levels. Yeah, and if you can make it through that, then you start Championship Course 2, which is the same. Mm, and then forever onwards. I don't think, you know, it gets any harder. No. So what about the extra lives in this? When do you get an extra life? Well, we'd, we'd set it as 10, 30, and 50,000 in the dips, hadn't we? Yeah, so... And there, there is no more, that's it. Just the three extras, 10, 30, and 50, not every 50. No, that's okay. it. Not that yeah, I've no. got that far anyway. So, in the play tips and secrets, you've put in here, rack up points by beating average time at each major checkpoint. And this is basically, when you first start the game, if you press F3 in main, it resets all the settings on it. Mm. And there's certain settings, and if you beat the settings, you get, oh, you've done a world record or whatever. And for every second you saved on their average time to your time, you get 100 points. Plus, I think it's 2,000 points bonus or 1,000 points bonus for doing the level. So you can rack up some good bonuses doing that. 
Yeah, I don't think the average changes at all. I think that stays the same. Yeah. So I never bothered, bothered resetting it. Because some, some of the courses can take up to 120 seconds. You can do them in about 70 or 80. Yeah. So you can rack up some good, good scores doing that, mm. which I could quite do quite often. You know, the, the, yeah. the actual course I was playing, I was doing sort of the same speed every time. And that's mm. why I got a little bit bored of it, because when you get killed, you've got to do it all again and just the same thing over and over again. So I did that's get a bit bored was, of doing that. Yeah, that's what was getting me. Speeding through the beginner course too quick, too recklessly, and then getting killed. Yeah. Yeah. There's a simultaneous jump and fire that you have to use in the second course, I think. Like, you're coming up to a pit, there's a boulder on either side of the pit. Yeah. You jump, shoot the boulder, land, carry on. Yeah. It's sort of like patting your head and rubbing your stomach, isn't it? You've got to work yeah. out which ones to do. And also avoid them stupid pink bullets landing on your oh, head God as well. Man. Learn the course. That is essential. You've got to know when to speed up, slow down. There's, like, some hills in the second level where... There's certain rocks you've uh, meatballs, sorry. Meatballs. You've got you've got time to shoot, and others you have to jump because they're rolling too quick and you can't get them. Yeah, I don't like memory games, meh. Mm. Mm, don't like having to remember everything. I like just skill, really, or luck. Well, it's like flicky; it sort of sinks into your mind, and it becomes like almost muscle memory. Yeah, I'm not good at those. That's probably mm. why I didn't like it so much. I think. Mm. Do you know you can? This is what John Monk has told me. You can get a jump start on it. Uh-huh. If, if you're, you know, like the speed start you can get on the Mario Kart games, if you press yes. the button right, you can do it on this. And I'm, I can do it, say, one every five games I play. Okay. And the and the from the start of the beginner course, you could you can leap into the air and you get an extra second. So I've actually done that first A to E in fifty eight seconds. Have you really? Yeah. I can 50, do it in 59 yeah. every single time. I tried the jump thing earlier and it, it didn't really make any difference to me. I didn't notice it being any different. I'm not so sure a little sort of glitch press, there. Yeah, I'm not sure mm. when you press the jump, but yeah, it does work. Okay, that's a good good tip. Yeah, and also, oh, I've said that one. I, if you jump and then press fire, you can concatenate your bullets together. Yeah, making like a, almost like a spear that they can't sort of dodge through. Yeah, excellent. Mm. Is that like concentrate? Well, yeah, kind of. You concentrate to concatenate. Okay. Some That's a new point. one on me, that is. Uh, yeah. And we've got a great YouTube playthrough here, which I've added to the notes. Have a look there, mm. people. Very simple artwork. I get a similar feeling from the colours and the vintage and the maker that it reminds me of Kung Fu Master. Yeah? Yeah, definitely. I love the bouncy wheels when you're travelling over the bumpy moon surface. They sort of go up mm. and down with your suspension. Yeah. Likewise, when your wheels fly off when you die. The wheels yeah. have fallen off, Terry. The wheels have fallen off. <laughs> Tunes are very hummable as well. Simple, I, but they get in your head. Yeah, I do like the tunes. I like the sound that you make when you shoot the bowlers. Boom, that's a good sound. Yeah, especially when it's in a cab, uh, a speaker in a cab. It's quite bassy, isn't it? Mm. I don't think there's a lot of character to the graphics. Yeah, they're very nondescript, aren't they? They're very 8-bit, mm. if mm. you want to call them that. I do like the bumpiness when they sort of it moves yeah. with, the, uh, with the game. Quite like that bit. Yeah, I like the... Yeah, the bumpiness of the wheels. So we've got some scoring here. And we have some this, score. there is a reason for the scoring this week. Yes. Apart from just being king of the castle, the person who wins the scoring is going to win a framed Moon Patrol marquee from Tim Nichols of the Artcade book fame. woo Yeah, and it's neither of us. No, it's not, is it? So let's go from the bottom up, shall we? We've yep. got Rob Player Missile, 11,870. He's got two buttons in his arcade cab now because of this. The one mm. he made, he put another buttonhole in it. 
So mm. well done, Rob, for putting another buttonhole in the I don't think he liked this. He didn't like this. No, don't blame him. Bobby Hazelnuts, 13,400. Then myself, 39,650. Mark Happy Dude, 40,140. Just pipped me there by 500 points. Cine Steve, 47,780. Neil, 1637, 57,770. Madsd.com, 65,000. Mark K, 73,330. Tronads, quite way down the list for Tronads, 74,380. Anything from this top five now, top four are pretty good because they're over 100K. Ian Cullen, 109,260. Mr. In Your Face Holly, 113,210. And you I were played. beating Charlie Farr for a little bit, weren't you? And then he sort of jumped ahead. And then he started yeah, playing with two hands. He, yeah, he sort of took his hands out of his pockets and started playing properly. Yeah. So Charlie Farr got 237,600. And I thought it was going to be the winner. But a but. score that came in today from Squidgy, also known as Ian, 251,660. Whoa! What a, a hard ping for that. So Ian's won that prize. And that's going well to look done, excellent mate. in his arcade room. I've seen his arcade room. It's going to look cool. Excellent. Cheers for playing, people. Amazing score. It is. He's gone around it so many times. Yeah. He sent but, me yeah, a screenshot as well, so it's confirmed. You learn it. You can learn it, but you've got that random element of the bombs dropping. Yeah, he must have worked out how to uh, dodge him a bit better than we did, I think. Yeah, just all I can say is don't keep your speed constant. Just yeah. keep... Yeah. yeah, but you, you're trying to chase that record time every time for your speed bonus. Mm, so that's yeah. why, yeah, you've got to sort of sum it up a bit, work it out. So the cabinet art, the game, because it was released by Williams in North America, obviously made by IREM, it's an all-time classic cab. Mm. It's a light blue cabinet. The side art is more subdued because it's done with a stencil and just a few colours, like a yeah. lot of the early Williams cabs. The control panel is very nice. Bezel's also good. And you said no idea what the Iron one looked like. We're not sure if Iron even released it in Japan. I think it was just Williams released it. Yeah, if you look at the flyer, then there's a Moon Patrol kind of logo on the flyer, and it's very basic. So I've put some flyers on our show notes, and the French one mm. shows four different cabinets, but only sort of an outline of their cabinet. I think it was a company called Karateco released it in France. Oh, I haven't seen that. I've Have a look. There's an upright, full upright, there's a cocktail, there's a cabaret, and sort of a slightly taller cabaret in there as well. Ah. But there's no colour pictures of it. It just shows the outline of the cab, like a silhouette of the cabinet it came in. So mm. I presume that company had their own generic cabs they put the games in. That's what mm. I think it is anyway. So the marquee was the whole inspiration for playing this game, because it is beautiful. It's lovely, isn't it? I really like yeah. it. I believe Ian Ski's got a Moon Patrol cabinet. Has he? So when he has a meet, we shall rush around there and play that. And I I'll think, play it badly, obviously. I think he's on Nintendo Arcade's list of people to break into. He's on him. Alex's hit list, yeah. Yeah. Just go around, he's mm, not there. Have a look around. Very odd. Do you want a bit of trivia on this game? Give me some triv. Trev. No, Williams Flyer. This is quite good. I like this early 80s stuff. Williams on their flyer have put, No one knows for sure why people are compelled to play Moon Patrol again and again and again, but cash boxes prove that they are. Maybe you can figure it out if you play it yourself. Just a friendly advice word of just a friendly word of advice first. Pack some sandwiches. And biscuits. <laughs> biscuits. Also, Moon Patrol appears in the 1983 movie Joysticks, which is terrible. Have it's supposed it? to be so bad, it's good. 
Oh, God, I, I watched it for the first time. It's a B-movie, isn't it? A couple of months ago, and there's it, a bit of soft porn going on in it. Oh, oh, missus. It is terrible. And it's also, yep, it's also in the 1984 movie Karate Kid. And a bootleg of this game is called Moon Ranger. Oh. There are lots of ports and, and stuff for this game. There's no sequels, as far as I know, but loads of ports. This came out on everything. Apple II got a version, Atari 8 and the 16-bit computers got a version, Atari consoles, all of them, the Commodore line of computers, the Dragon 32, also known as a Tandy Coco, the MSX got it, early versions of the PC got it, TR-99 got it, TRS-80, and in in television, interestingly enough. And this was Mm. named Space Patrol. This is a homebrew from LTO, left turn only, and I doubt I'll be able to get hold of it because they were quite limited run of it. I would like to have this game on Intellivision because I'm trying to get all the arcade ports of Intellivision. Yeah. So I'd like to oh. get hold of that. Also, this is coming out from from the guy who did a Vector... Pilot. Pilot. Yeah. It's going to be called Vector Patrol, and it looks amazing on the Vectrex. And I, for definite, will be buying this when it comes out for sale. Because mm. he does some really good, interesting versions of this. I did get in contact with him, telling him we're doing... Moon Patrol for this for this podcast, and I'd like to do a review of his game if it was out yet, but it isn't out yet. He hasn't got back to me, so right. hopefully when it comes out, we'll talk about that. Mm. So apart from switching it off, yes, what, I did that. What, what improvements would you make to this game? I think, adding to your little notes, they could have a right to left section rather than all always left to right. Yeah, like Kung Fu Master. You yeah, put and it. maybe maybe have some. Like tunnels you can go through, so you can only do you can only you can not jump, you can just sort of move left and right with your mm. speed. But what they could have done as well is the longer you held the button down, the higher you jumped, maybe. So mm. if you did have some cavernous sections, you can only do little jumps to jump over little things in the floor. Rather than doing mm. a massive jump, you'd hit the, the top of your, your your moon patrol buggy. You can control the height of your jumps over the landmines, you know. Is that by speeding up and slowing down as you're in the air? Yeah. yeah. If, if, you're, if you're at your slowest point and with your joystick right to the left, if you let go of your joystick, it goes. It speeds up to a certain speed and then stops. Yeah. So if, so you, if you keep your joystick to the right to the left, you slow down keep, and you press jump, you do a small jump, a ah. very small jump, which is needed in the second course to get in between the landmines. Because they're very close together, aren't they, in the, yeah. in the second course? Yeah. 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 Oh, that's a bugger, that one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Skip the continue option. You can't skip it, can you? No, that's really annoying. I don't like yeah. continuing on any games. Yeah. Um, and if you do continue on this game, you're back to zero again. You don't get your points. So you can't really cheat on the game. Mm. You start at a harder level and it makes it harder. So you don't get those early easy points. Mm. I would. I found this game really addictive, actually. Really? Because it's, it's just one of them. You think, I can do better, I can do better. And I bet I played this three hours Thursday night. Really? Two, yeah, two and a half hours Friday night. Mm, I didn't get that. A couple of hours Saturday morning and a couple of hours previous nights. I played it so much because I think I can just do a bit better. And I, I well, I got up to, what did I get, 113,000, but not mm. up to the level of the top two guys. Well, what I was doing earlier, I played it earlier and I thought, I know what I can do. I can play another game rather than this gash. <laughs> so I played another game. It's that simple. Mm. I actually had a go with the Commodore Six. When I had my Commodore Sixty Four out the other day, because I was testing that new one I found at the car boot sale, mm. I I went on my one that's got the SD card disc drive in it, yeah. and I had Moon Patrol on one of the ROMs. So I played it on on the C Sixty Four as well. 
Yeah, any good. And it seems you can speed up and slow down a lot quicker on the C64 version. Mm. And it's really quite chunky, the graphics. But it's a good representation of the arcade game. And, yeah. the, and the wheels do bounce well when they fall off, which they fell off a lot when I played it. <laughs> well, I would keep it the same because it's got a charm to it, I think. But mm. I wouldn't make a sequel. Moon Patrol 2, it's more responsive ship, a bit like the jump, you know, the controls of the jump bug buggy. Yeah. I'd have it controlling a bit more like that. More enemies, boss levels, weapon power-ups. I suppose you could have a boss level where you're chasing something, couldn't you? Mm. And it's shooting stuff at you. You can just keep hitting the back of it, whatever. More levels. Yeah. And also, Mr. Charlie Farr said, he said, I like the idea this game only has a finite amount of extra lives you can get. It stops people marathoning it too much. And it makes a high score chase more interesting, I think. I was talking about this last night, where yeah. games like... Galaxian, Frogger, a lot of the early ones, Space Invaders, you only get so many extra lives. Yeah. So you have your lives, you're done. You That's can't it. Mar- marathon it for ages like Robotron or something. And the world record of this game is? Right, the world record on Orcade is, wow, a million and 76,000. <laughs> so that's nearly five times as much as our top score. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. And that was in 2009 by Ben Falls. Oh, Ben Falls is a good player. I've heard his name a lot with mm. high scores. Excellent. Charlie Farr says, he said last night, he said, he's disappointed there's only two courses. More variety would have been better. Underground cave sections, for example. That's what I said, yeah. I know. And ramps at full speed. Imagine jumping over ramps. That'd be good. Yeah, you could have sort of an element of of maybe jumping over a big pit or something you couldn't do unless you're at a certain speed. Mm. That's quite interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. So I quite like, I found it addictive but frustrating. I did not. And I still want to play it until I've completed Champion Course 1. It's a mission now. So how many times have you been around it then? Once and then up to a certain point on the second level? I got to V on the second level. Point V. So it's not far off. Yeah, nearly there. I can do it with two credits, but not one. Okay. So that's that game out of the way. Let's do a bit of Art of Side Art. Now, Mr. Holly, you've found a bit of a nice one here, haven't you? Yeah, I like this one. Solar Fox by Bally Midway, mm. 1982. It's got minimalist side art, but the marquee is amazing. And the bezel around the screen is really cool. We put a picture on the show so you can see what I'm talking about. It's a white cabinet. It's quite a pointy-looking cabinet. And it's got sort of like a logo on the side of a sort of space lady, sort of a robot-type cyborg thing. And there's spaceships flying out of this little triangle she's saying just in red, white, and black. But on the actual marquee, it's amazing. I'm not sure what kind of art that would be. There's a certain style to that, isn't there? I can't place the kind of style, but it's very 80s, isn't it? It's almost like pinball style, do you think? Ah, yeah. Yeah, it is. The old 80s sort of... um, The solid-state pinballs had a lot of artwork like this. A lot of Mm. ladies on there. Mm. And it looks amazing. I like the font, the red and yellow font that's all really cool. It's got green spaceships coming out the background. It's sort of a face-on picture of this woman in a spaceship with a Bally Midway logo on the left-hand side. It's really nice. Mm. But the actual artwork on the machine, there's loads of it. I mean, there's there's stuff on the side. There's there's some sort of foxes looking left and right on the front of it above the coin door. And then you've got like a flight stick, a, a, blue, a blue flight stick. I presume that glows. It's got lights in it because it's see-through. Mm. It's a couple of buttons. And you've got loads of artwork around the bezel as well. And sort of inside, yeah. it looks like it's sort of like a cardboard bezel inside a sort of angled cardboard bezel with loads of art on it as well yeah what are the game plays i've not have you played the game i have yeah i had a little look at it it's kind of like 
Pac-Man. Really? With no, ma- with no maze walls. You, you're, you're a ship in the middle of a maze, yeah. well, in the middle of a grid, and you, you just collect all the dots or whatever they are, and going round the outside of the grid, like Sheriff, like the Nintendo game Sheriff, yeah. there's ships that shoot in towards you, oh. and you can shoot them to stun them, and you've got to get out of the way and collect all the stuff. Okay. And as, as the game progresses, the, these ships around the side get really evil and really quick. Do you know and what? You, yeah. That's really misleading. If I looked at that cab, I'd not thought it was a maze-type grid game. I'd have said that mm-hmm. was definitely a shooter, a spaceship, because mm-hmm. there's loads of spaceships all over it, and you've got a lady in a in a spaceship with a sort of a helmet on and stuff. I thought well, you can a... shoot. It's, I'd say it's a cross between Pac-Man and Tank. Oh, okay. Yeah, kind of. So I, I do really like... I know the side art is it's grey, isn't it? The colour of the cab is almost grey. Yeah, it's an off-white, isn't it? If they could, yeah, if they maybe made that a different colour, but the the sort of logo on the side, I think that's great. It's awesome, isn't it? It's lovely yeah. looking cap. Yeah. Right, Hardware Heroes. This is my choice again. It'll be your turn next time, young man. <laughs> yeah. I've chosen one that you absolutely love. Oh, I do. This is from System16.com, which is a great place to look at bits for hardware. This is the cutest hardware system ever. Maybe because of the graphical hardware and cheeriest colour palette you ever could hope for. And this is Sega System 1. Yay. And this is... We've come through for you here, listeners. I've played all of these games just to see what they're like. Yeah, I had a quick go of all of them. I've been putting too much work in lately. I need to ride down. The game list is... You've got 4D Warriors, which is... And it's a Corland game again. It's one before Sega made their own games. They got Corland to do a lot of the games because Pengo is made by Corland. Remember? Yeah. Uh, it looks like Forgotten Worlds a bit, but about ten years before. It's a very basic shooter. Then you've got Block Gal, which is an Arkanoid clone with nutty girls again. Mm. Instead of bricks containing the power ups, they fly around the screen and wait to be hit by a ball. It's a bit dull. This one. Mm. It's quite yeah. easy to play though. And then you've got Bullfight or the Togu which is another Corland game, top-down horrible bullfighting thing. I enjoyed getting my bullfighter gored by the badass bull. I was actually <laughs> just making him run into the ball all the time to get him gored. Mm. Horrible thing. Choplifter, classic Apple II game. Everyone knows that. Flicky, meh. Hey, Flicky, you're so fine. You, you like that one, don't you? you blow my mind. That's why you like it, because it's got Flicky on there. Yeah. A game called Guardia, which is another Corland game. It's a vertical shoot 'em up it's a decent cross between Star Force and Xevious, I thought. It really reminded me of those two games. So they, they sort of nicked a few ideas there, I reckon. Oh, I have heard of it. I might have a go with that in a bit. Right, one of the weirdest games I've ever played, and yeah. I didn't realise until I got killed on it, a game called I'm Sorry. And I'm sure Retro Domination warned me about this game a while back. I think it was when we were on their, their podcast with them. Yeah. And they said, have you played I'm Sorry? And they told us to play it, and now I've played it. It's called <laughs> I'm Sorry or Gone Be No I'm Sorry. This is a top-down maze game, which I quite liked when I was playing. I thought, this is quite good. You're a little mm. weird guy with a really big head and big lips. He's like a Japanese-looking guy. Yeah. And you collect gold bars, and you can jump over this barrel that's always coming after you. And you can punch the bad dudes, just sort of these suited, like, men-in-black-type guys with shades on. But if they run into you, they turn into leather-clad dominatrixes and whip you while you're dressed as a baby. Right. Yeah, that's exactly the kind mm. of thing I got when I played it. I went, hold on a minute, what's happened there? <laughs> it is a bit weird. I don't know why that bit when you die. Otherwise, it's a great game. It's quite a fun little game. And all these games are quite cutesy-looking graphics. Apart yeah. from the Dominatrix bit. That's not cute at all. Mr. Viking, a colourful commando-type affair where you run up the screen, shooting stuff. 
Yeah. My Hero like or Seishin Scandal, which is a Kung Fu Master type affair. It has got weird colours, quite quite bright, that one. Noboranka or Zippy Bug, which is a tree climbing simulator, which I really like this one. Tree climbing simulator? Yeah, it's it's sort of like a vertical shoot up. You, you, you're going up a tree, you're sort of climbing up a tree, and you yeah. go around the side of the tree, and there's these bugs and stuff. It's quite a good little game, that one. Ah. Pitfall 2, which is the game I have actually got, which I can find out can be converted into different things. I'm trying to do that in the moment. Raphalesia. Which is a vertical shoot 'em up. It's a decent a bit Star Forcey again. Yeah. Regulus vertical shoot 'em up. More like commando movement, but a bit slow. Mm-hmm. So you can sort of shoot behind you if you know what I mean. Yeah. You got Sega Ninja or Ninja Princess, more commando type action there. And you got a game called Spatter or Sanrin Sanchan or Tricycle San, which is a really decent Rally X clone with very flicky graphics. Have you played oh, this one? I have not even heard of that. It means it's, flicky as in flickering or like flicky. No, like flicky. Very colourful. Yeah. Gra- I, I would almost put money on saying the same producers of flicky did this game. Ooh, almost definitely. Yeah. And in this, rather than... It's very like Rally X. you on a little tricycle. You're a kid on a tricycle. So it's very colourful, very cutesy. And instead of being able to sort of fart out little cloud behind you to trap your enemies, what yeah. you do is you bounce off the side of the screen. You can bounce around things. And as you bounce the sort of barriers. You can hit a car that's running past a barrier and knock him off. Right. It's quite a good little game. Quite enjoyed this one. Uh, Another game called Star Jacker. Another vertical shoot-em-up. Another Star Force kind of thing where you fly all your spaceships or lives at once. You start off with three spaceships. And as they get hit, you get one taken away from you every time. Oh, I think I've played this one. Do they they appear behind you in like a V formation? They do, yeah. Star Jacker. Yeah, Yeah, I played that. There's SWAT, which is a weird game can't really explain this one. It reminds me, it's got Tron graphics plus Pengo equals SWAT, maybe? Yeah. Odd game. You've got Teddy Boy Blues, which is a cute platformer. You will love this one. It looks almost like an Alex Kidd kind of like game. Yeah. But with flicky platforms. Right. I would almost bet money again these people did flicky. Honestly. Right, yeah. Up and down, classic jumpy car game. Way better than Burning Rubber. Yeah. Way better than that. Tough as hell, that. <laughs> water match? Odd. This is a two-stick plus one-button water sports game. You know, rowing, swimming, canoeing, that sort of thing, with two joysticks. <laughs> right. bit odd. I'm not sure what you use the other joystick for. Unless you use them as your arms to swim and paddle and stuff. Maybe that's what it's about. Sort of like a uh, crazy climber type thing. Don't know. Yeah. Wonder Boy, classic platform with boss-eyed princess. Yeah, yeah, on the flyer, yeah. So those are all the games on the System 1. So some classics on there and some really odd ones, but the thing I found about this hardware is they use the same kind of similar font for everything, like that Sega classic Sega font. Yeah. And all the, the games are really colourful, like pinks and yellows and light blues and that sort of thing, like quite bright colours. So yeah, nice, mm. nice hardware, that one. Some good games on it. So the most famous ones, I'd say, are Wonderboy, Up and Down. Flicky. Flicky and maybe Pitfall Two because of its yeah, but it's not so, anywhere near as good as the Activision Pitfall Two. This is nothing like Activision Pitfall Two. It's kind of a mit, mit, kind of a match between Pitfall One and Two, and it kind of thing. Yeah, but the, the, you don't you don't use Pitfall Harry. It's not the same guy. It's a guy with a funny hat on. It doesn't look ex- mm. the graphics just aren't classic Pitfall graphics. No, they no. sort of updated them a little bit, and they didn't mm, didn't like it. That's why I want to sort of convert that game really because I don't like it. Mm. I don't like it. <laughs> so let's wrap this one up with next show's game it's my choice and I'm undecided 
I was talking about Raiden 2. Yeah. Because I sent you the board. I thought we can play that against each other on proper hardware. Because I think with Raiden 2, it doesn't work very well in MAME. It might be fixed now, but at the time it didn't. And we also did it way back on Podcast 22. That was my first podcast. Yeah. So we did that mm. then. Yeah. So I was going to say Banku Banaku. Then I thought I might do Jungler or Anteater. Yeah. And then I thought about Wizard of War. Love yeah. that game. But as you've put on our notes, it's better as a two-player thing, and it is. Yeah. And we can play that at RGPs because he's got a Wizard of War machine. Yeah, yes. Yeah, and then I thought Balloon Fight because that is an amazing game. But you also said better as a two-player thing. So next time you come and see me, we'll go around and see Alex up the road and play on his red tent because he's got Balloon Fight on the red tent. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So it's got to be. Bank, bank panic, people. Let's all play bank panic. Get your scores in, kids. Yep. And now you have a PCB. We can play it on a proper cab. You have to shove your monitor around on its side, won't you? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So what settings are we using? The bog standard settings, whatever they may right. be. We'll put them on the show notes, people. Yep. So thank you very much for listening and all your lovely comments. And if you have some nice comments and you want to help us out a little bit, Give us a review on iTunes. That'd be nice. Yeah. And it gets us sort of out there for people. They can see more reviews from us. Mm. So thanks for listening and goodbye. Thanks, kids. We'll catch you next time. Goodbye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10 You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered.